0: What is going on? Hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. That is right. We are back again on the Sports Card Show podcast in our 11th year bringing you sports trading card news, information, opinion, and absolute stone-cold facts right here on the program. And the very first fact I want to start off with on today's show is... No collusion and no obstruction. Woo! That is right, my friends. If you have believed the Huffington Post, CNN, MSNBC, Rachel. If you, some of you guys have been getting tax advice. Uh, you know, advice on Russia and collusion and this president. And civics, le- you, you've been getting like that lesson from Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow has been teaching you about taxes, about uh, law. Like I don't think she has a law degree. Maybe she does. But she's been teaching you about collusion, obstruction, breaking the law, doing all this crap. None of it was true. That's a fact. So we'll start off with that on today's program. The other facts we'll talk about on today's show is we'll do a little NFL QB edition of Buy, Sell, Hold, regular segment. For, the, for those of you guys have been listening for 11 years, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. really, truly mean that. Some of you guys that have been listening for four or five years, hey, that's a really long time. Pat yourself on the back. I appreciate it as well. For everybody that is just joining us, welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. The show. The sports card show. Again, been around 11 seasons. So I appreciate everybody out there that has tuned in over the years. And if you're new to the program, we like first hour or so, we'll talk about sports cards. I got a QB, buy, sell, and hold. Buy, sell, and hold is something I have done uh, numerous times over the year. I, I tend to, it feels like I tend to do it with football. Then You know, it just seems like the sport where the careers are the shortest outside of like Tom Brady. Everybody's career is pretty darn short. Again, outside the quarterback position these days. And so by it's it's the sport I feel like you you really kind of have to be nimble in unless you want to just be stuck with a bunch of also ran quarterbacks or or position players that had one good year or two good years and then then got hurt or whatever it might be. So buy, sell, hold. Am I buying their cards? Am I selling their cards? Am I holding their cards? Talk about my boy. <laughs> He's now all of a sudden my boy. Zion Williamson, okay, the Lakers season started to poo-poo very quickly. LeBron got hurt, then Lonzo. I know a lot of people hate on Lonzo, and certainly from a scoring perspective, not necessarily the, uh, the kind of player. Definitely from an injury perspective has been very, very disappointed, has not been able to stay healthy for more than 50 or 60 games. But that's really when the Lakers season really went downhill. And so I think if Lonzo can come back, I don't know if he'll be back with the Lakers or not. I think that's kind of up in the air, but um, if he can play 82 games, uh, you know, for any team, I think though, they'd be a lot better, a lot better team than if he's not in there. Is he a number two pick? Is his rookie card should be worth a thousand dollars or what Zions will be? Absolutely not. He hasn't proven that on the, the court kind of has to do that at this point, but not that bad of a player. Honestly, now I know he's going to through some things, baby mama drama, got BBB drama, but he'll work it out. he will be fine. But somebody I know for a fact that is going to be fine is Zion Williamson. This guy's a beast. I've uh, been obviously watching him uh, throughout the tournament. This is being recorded uh, in March of 2019. So March matches going on. We're to the final eight, I believe, or final, yeah, final eight teams. And Zion is a part of it. This guy's incredible. He's athletic, And there's other guys on Duke that are really good. And, and I think that are going to be really good players too. But Zion... I tell you what, I haven't seen a guy like this really since LeBron. And, uh, you know, kind of like 18, 19 years old and just really ready to come into the NBA and be a superstar. And I think it has huge card impacts. So we'll talk about that. This guy comes in and is anywhere close to the hype that he's going to get. The hype for Zion Williamson hasn't even begun. Uh, I I believe the NBA offseason is going to be a big one. You're going to have lots of free agency. The Lakers will probably really try to do something. And so some of the hype will probably get taken off him a little bit. But if he goes to a team like New York or if he ends up in a market like that, it's just going to be insane. The kind of uh, hype that I think will be around him certainly will follow his cards as well. Talk about that. 2019 NFL Draft, probably pair the two football topics together. So we'll talk about a little bit about 2019 NFL Draft. Hint, hint, I think it's going to be a down year. Last year we had Baker, we had Lamar Jackson, you had uh, Sam Darnold, you had Josh Rosen, you had, gosh, there was probably a couple other players mixed. Oh, you had Saquon Barkley. He had a really good good year too. I think it's a little tough collecting running backs, but it, you know, I think if I were to collect one or have to had to buy a running back, I think it'd be you know between him and Ezekiel Elliott, the guy um, that I would purchase. I think both will have uh, you know relatively long careers, but not necessarily valuable cards in the end. So we'll talk about that. Not necessarily that, but we'll talk about the 2019 NFL Draft and. Depending on what Zion does, and depending on if I'm correct about the twenty nineteen NFL draft, if basketball hint hint is a bust, it could how could basketball be a bust with Zion, you're asking. I'll get to that. And I think you already understand, coming off of last year, where we really had five, I think it was like four or five collectible quarterbacks, and then you had Saquon. And then there's probably a handful of other players that people were collecting last year. So last year was epically really good year for football. So naturally, I think you've got to take a little bit of a step back, and we'll talk about that. My boy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is, I think he's in AAA. But last time I saw him, he was tossing his autograph cards in a cardboard box there was literally a big ass table not a big ass table but like a i think it was like a countertop maybe all with like i mean gosh there was uh, you know a few thousand cards of his there from panini and he was signing them and chucking them into a box at least that's what the video showed so we'll talk about that we'll talk about analyzing seven seconds of video and how well that's gone this year in 2019 or forever, really. So I'll do my best to analyze seven seconds of Lad Jr. dumping autographs into a cardboard, like literally chucking them into a box. Like he was, like they were trash, basically. So I'll talk about that. Tops, I I swear to God, they must have like some employee, uh, whether it's uh, an incentive or it's just a goal, they try to come out with a new Some people might call it gimmicks, some people might call it a product, some people might call it something amazing, a great idea. But it seems like they come up with something new every month or maybe even every quarter. Or so they had the 582 Montgomery Club. And they might have had other things in between here because I don't I don't follow it that closely. But um they had the tops now futures cards, which are almost like top stadium club super team. And I guess it could get, be kind of like at at some point, maybe the, you crash the game cards uh, that were, I think in upper next collector's choice. So cards that are impacted by what happens on the field and these futures cards Reward you, depending on who wins the world Series, so we'll talk about that. I opened up a full twenty box case of twenty nineteen tops opening day so that that there we go in two months mu- or we're in our third month actually we're in March, and I've already opened up actually three cases of twenty nineteen baseball products, so Look to your left, look to your right. Our pigs flying outside? Because that could be happening if you've been listening to the podcast for 11 years. Opening up cases of product is not necessarily something I do. Uh, but it, I have, I don't know if I have a really good reason why I've been doing it. But I will give you my reason why. And I'll give you a little bit of results. So obviously I haven't been opening the cards to fondle them been opening them to sell them. And I've been trying to actually fondle them as very little as possible. And by fondling, I mean, you, you actually have to open all the damn packs. And I really—I was joking with my wife. I was like, man, I can't wait till my our, our sons are a little bit older. I have two boys now. Both are under two, or one's two and one's two months. And so in a couple years, though, boy, they will really come in handy when a case of opening day comes through the door because God knows... It actually took me two days to open the case. I got through about 10 bucks one night, and the next day I kind of churned through the next 10, and it took me maybe another day or two to kind of sort through it, made some trades, but my hands are pretty much cleared. I have a lot of opening day base sitting around. I'll I'll end up dumping that at some point, but um, there we go. I'll let you know. Finally... The last part of our show, I think, you know, for 2000 and I think it was 2017 and 2018, we had the Make America Great Again segment. And obviously, I've known all along there's been no collusion, no obstruction. And you ask, how have I known? Do 30 minutes of Internet research, not on CNN, not on MSNBC, not on Huffington Post, not on Vox, not on BuzzFeed, do 30 minutes of research. You really should have done this. You could have saved yourself a lot of time. You should have done this two, three years ago. You could have done a little bit of research and realized the odds. Donald Trump, Donald Trump can't collude with his own family. He can't collude with his own staff or really anybody, let alone Russia. So God knows he didn't do it. And so we had, the, we had the Make America Great Again segment. Uh, I, I think I've beaten that enough. I think we'll bring that back again some other time. But 2019 for me is all about making it your best year ever. So we'll talk about uh, some of the things I've been working on. And by best year, it, it's, it really depends on who you are listening right now. If you're a young student, your priorities are different than if you're 40 you're, if you have no kids versus two, if you, ha- if you don't own a house, you do own a house. If you have a full-time job that you really like or you don't have a job. You have a job that you really like. You have a job that you hate. Really depends on where you're at. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about uh, my journey. And maybe that'll help you get through 2019 again. Trying to make it the best one ever. Really, tr- really, truly trying to everything that you do. Make it the best. There's no reason not to. First thing we'll do, really make this a really good segment. Hopefully, we'll see. I'll let you be to the judge of that. But we'll talk about NFL quarterback. Why are we? Why the hell baseball season just started? Why in the hell are we talking about NFL quarterbacks? <laughs> I really don't have a great answer for that other than I always try to stay a, a step ahead when it comes to thinking about the sports, especially when it comes to buying cards, uh, I was buying baseball products, uh, baseball prospects in November and December of last year. A little bit, maybe a little bit in January. But really, November and December of last year. Nobody cared. That was right in the heart of the NFL season. Nobody cares about baseball product prospects right then. So I buy the guys that are buried in AAA or in the fall league but might come up, have a good spring, maybe even make the major league team. So I had a couple, had some Michael Chavis of the Red Sox, I think his name is. But I don't know, whatever, randomly four or five of his cards and did extremely well. I mean, I think I bought them for 60 cents, sold some for two bucks. I have a fun time doing that. I think that's kind of fun. I think one way of doing that is always kind of looking ahead. Okay, nobody gives a damn about football right now. There's no NFL draft. You know, I think that's another, at least several weeks away you got NCAA basketball going on. We're about to start the playoffs in basketball. We've got the Masters. There's just a lot of stuff going on. No one gives a damn about football. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. We've got buy, sell, hold, quarterback edition. I'm going to run down. And it's really, this is will be interesting. We're going to run down the quarterbacks. And if I remember to parallel this, this is actually... My thought process on buying these quarterbacks is almost exactly like buying stocks and buying investments, something we've also talked a lot about on the show. And so I don't know if my buying of NFL buy-sell-hold analysis of quarterbacks will work, but I know for a fact my stock picking work. In fact, I looked at my E-Trade account. Quick segue real quick. Looked at my E-Trade account, 23.6 annualized return since 2019. Excuse me, since 2009. It's 2019 right now. So for 10 years, I've had a 23.6 annualized return. Folks, that doesn't include dividends and compounding. So it's actually a lot higher than that. And I just wanted to brag about that. So let's move right on into uh, Patrick Mahomes was rated number one. I'm, I'm on a list of like all 30 starting quarterbacks. And so we'll kind of run down. And Patrick Mahomes, for me, is a sell. Not that I think he's not a good player. Not that I don't think the Chiefs will have. I think the Chiefs are like one of those teams, like for sure a contender next year. I think a lot of teams have question marks. Chiefs, probably not one of those teams. Absolutely, would consider them uh, a contender next year, and, and not that I think Mahomes will have a, that bad of a year, but you know he just came off MVP. He looked really good. Any step back, I mean, if the Chiefs are like, you know, start the year two and two and four, or two and five or something, you know, they play all playoff teams and they don't look that great. Well. His cards are gonna, you know, his cards have, have gotten a lot of air into them. Now, I haven't done any price research into this, but I know for a fact his cards have ha- had to have exploded over the past year. Uh anytime you have an explosion in price, I don't know how, how much upside is is left there. Okay. Now, if Patrick Mahomes has a, a does MVP again and goes to the Super Bowl and wins, then you know, uh, he's probably more of a hold. For me, I'd take some risk off the table. You had four or five of them. Maybe sell one or two of them and uh, roll the dice with the rest. That's probably where I'd be with him. Drew Brees was ranked number two, at least on the... I don't know how they're ranking these guys, but we'll go down the line. Uh, Drew Brees, a guy that I would just hold, I think. Uh, not a guy necessarily... I mean, if you want to buy him, I'm not going to... I wouldn't complain. I, I doubt the market for him is, is super hot, but I doubt it's it's super shallow cold either. Um he's just a steady hold, Super Bowl winner, good guy, you know, it's kind of one of these guys that will probably have a career a little bit after retirement, probably has made so much money and stuff, might not hit the autograph circuit. Quite that's one thing we got I always see Joe Montana signing and I'm always like, "Damn, Joe Montana signing." But god, he pro- he didn't really make that much money. When I'm sure he has plenty of money, but he didn't really make that much money when he was playing. Um, and and if you live in San Francisco or live in a big city, you know, you kind of need a little, little cash. And so that might not be true about Drew Brees might make so much money that he doesn't hit the autograph circuit. So his stuff's worth something holds up. Not that Joe Montana stuff's not worth something, but there's just a lot of it out there. We'll see if that's the case with Drew Brees. He's a hold for me. Phillip rivers. Um, I mean, I guess if you have this really strong inkling that the Chargers are going to go all the way, that's the only way I see his cards really having a lot of upside. So for me, Phillip Rivers, I don't mind if you hold him. I don't really mind if you sell him. I don't think I'd be a huge buyer of them because I just don't think there's upside unless they really surprise everybody next year and go all the way. And even then, it'll be kind of a swan song for him. And, um, you know, there it is. Andrew Luck. I, gosh, I, you know, I think he's really good, but I, I think his cards are probably overpriced without having to go look at him. I would say his, his cards are probably overpriced with where he is in his career. Look at some of these other quarterbacks that have even made a Super Bowl. We got Jared Goff just made a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz uh, was a part of a team that went to a Super Bowl. Um, you know Cam Newton's been to a Super Bowl. There's been other young quarterbacks uh, that have made the, you know, Russell Wilson have made the Super Bowl. You know, I can't tell you, you know, what Andrew Luck has even done in the postseason, let alone the Super Bowl. I know some of it's team related, but um, I like Andrew Luck, but not not a huge conviction on his cards. I don't think I'd be dumping him off, but I, I don't think I'd be running out and buying them. I think the time to buy him was when he was hurt. OK, um, now that he's back and he's healthy, I don't know. You know, he's, there's a lot of stuff that happens to happen on the field for his cards to really go up. And I, I don't really like that to, to be the case. And even then, I don't know the upside. You know, obviously, a lot of these guys' future and fade is on the football field. But, it, you know, it, 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 there has to be upside there. Aaron Rodgers, I lump him right in with Drew Brees. Solid hold. If you want to buy them, that's fine. If you want to sell them, I think that's fine. I think you probably look at a a four- or five-year chart on Aaron Rodgers' cards. They probably held uh, fairly steady with, I'm sure, some blips on the radar. Russell Wilson, a guy that's probably peaked during his Super Bowl runs and has probably tailed off kind of like his team's performance over the last few years. And I'm sure his cards is a, as well. Russell Wilson may be a sneaky buy if you think the Seahawks are going to come back. He's a guy that could really, you know, uh, get a second Super Bowl. Would definitely solidify his legacy in, in the game. And so I think if if you thought that would be the case, might be somebody that... His cards have fallen off a little bit, so at least there's that that little bump that you could get. But again, it's all performance related. Jared Goff, this is someone I'd really have to to think about. For me, I think Jared got the time to buy Jared Goff was probably in his. I think it was he made it. I mean, I know that he made the Super Bowl this last year, and I want to say maybe that was his third season. And so, I think if you missed that part of his career, it's going to be tough to squeeze a lot more upside. Because now it's like, okay, you've been to the Super Bowl, you know, now people are going to be expecting it again next year. And on top of that, the Rams fan base, it's its L.A. And just L.A. just, I mean, this team went to the Super Bowl, and I guarantee you that they're going to have trouble selling tickets at times. Uh, you know, so it, it's just a weird Weird team that he's on. I think if he was on another team and he, you know, God knows if this was the Browns and he had taken them to the Super Bowl, even if they had lost to the Patriots, people would be showering this guy with praise like he was, you know, Kim Kardashian in a bikini or something like that. I mean, this guy would be, it it would be crazies in his second or, I think his second or third year and he's already made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Didn't play particularly well, but young team, young coach, you know, they they probably will have a shot to go back to the Super Bowl. So that to me leaves open, you know, depending on. the I think if you could get a deal on a Jared Goff, you know, obviously like on a on a forum or on a on Facebook these days or in a trade or something like that, somebody valued one of your cards. You had a lot lot more than a Goff golf card. Ah, that that might be an interesting scenario because again. He, I think Goff's a little underappreciated, and if the Rams overachieve a little bit, I mean, they just made the Super Bowl. So you got to figure this is a team, of all things steady in the NFL, they probably will have a chance to go one or two more times. And gosh, Goff got, if jo- Goff goes back to the Super Bowl one or two more times, his cards probably do have room to run. Matt Ryan, this is a guy Goff could turn into. Matt Ryan's been to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's cards are essentially DOA. I think if you pull a a Matt Ryan card, you're not... I mean, obviously, I ran through several other guys you'd rather... I think you'd rather pull a Rodgers. You'd rather pull a Luck. You'd probably rather pull a Breeze, maybe, and and, and certainly Mahomes, over um, Matt Ryan. There's probably other... Roethlisberger and some other guys you'd probably rather pull over Matt Ryan. So, not just kind of like... He's kind of like a metronome. I mean, this guy's not very exciting on the field I mean he's not running around and throwing you know that's kind of what Mahomes has going for him but he's a solid player Uh, so I don't think I'd be a buyer but I certainly wouldn't wouldn't you know I don't know how much how much you can do really flipping Matt Ryan cards either so I just think he's just one of those players that's kind of a no touch Ben Roethlisberger We'll see, man. He got rid of all his, you know, got rid of his running back and his wide receiver. And those were two very good players. Although the Steelers, I think, will still have a running game. Might be a little bit tougher without Antonio Brown. He's a very good, very talented player. So we'll see who they replace him with. Uh, But Roethlisberger, again, I think he's a two-time Super Bowl winner. Definitely somebody that you could buy and hold right there with Rodgers and Breeze. And this next guy, Tom Brady. Ranked number 10 on this list, but as we know, absolutely stone-cold number one right now. If if you're on auction sites or anything like that, Brady memorabilia is sizzling hot. He just solidified himself. To me, I never, ever, ever thought I would see a quarterback that I would confidently, not just think, oh, maybe they're kind of better than Joe. Oh, maybe they're equal than Joe. I can sit here and stone cold confidently say Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Joe Montana. Period. Period. He's been to the Super Bowl so many damn times. So many different players. And over a course of his career, where I mean, he did it when he was in his 20s and his 30s, and I think now he's in his 40s. It's absolutely phenomenal. Tom Brady, for me, if you learn anything, any fucking thing from this podcast, Tom Brady is like a blue chip fucking stock. It's like Apple. It's like, in my opinion, Amazon. Some people might not consider that blue chip. Uh, Google. Facebook. Some people might not consider Facebook blue chip. I do. Nike. Starbucks. Disney. Disney. Tom Brady is in that class when we're talking about superstardom and longevity. What he has done in football, I, now I can confidently say this. And God, I'll be really shocked if I ever come back on this program 10, 15, however many years it is from now. And say, God, this so-and-so guy was better than Tom Brady. I don't think that's going to be possible. Tom Brady is just has got it done and I would buy, I god I wish I had bought his cards obviously a thousand times not just in his rookie year but you could have bought them millions and millions of times over his goddamn career and things have continued to gone up say exact same thing look, go look at a chart at apple you didn't have to buy it when the iPhone came out you didn't have to buy it when the iPad came out you didn't have to buy it when Steve Jobs was there or not there you just go buy it anytime you wanted you didn't have to buy Nike when Jordan was playing. Could have bought it whenever. It just keeps going up. The rich keep getting richer. Tom Brady definitely defies gravity uh, when it comes to that in the NFL. Deshaun Watson, a guy i not su- never been super high on. I will say he's definitely exceeded. I thought this guy was going to be a clipboard holder. He's definitely not a clipboard holder. But... I just don't think he really will, gar- for me, this is, the, uh, this is the other point I kind of wanted to make about um, Mahomes, and why I probably should emphasize this more when I talk about Mahomes. Ru- these running QBs, these mobile QBs, whatever you want to call them, they always seem to have one good year. Robert Griffin. Had really, one really good year. Now he's holding a clipboard. Okay. Cam Newton. We'll talk about him in a minute. Where the hell is he? He had a really good year. Looked like he was in the Super Bowl. Gone. Okay. I, the, I could just go down the line and on and on, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Mobile QBs 10. I mean, how many mobile QBs have won a, a Super Bowl in the last 50 years? How many mobile QBs? Who you consider a quote-unquote mobile QB has even won a fucking Super Bowl. Forget Tom Brady's era. nobody, Barely anybody's won a Super Bowl outside of him. But how many mobile QBs have won a Super Bowl in the last 50 years? The answer is pretty much zero. And so maybe that trend changes. I don't know. Again, that's kind of looking at the stock market and said, "These stocks have gone to zero every single time." Well, no, now it's 2019. I think it's different. I don't think things are any different. These mobile QBs tend to come in like Colin Kaepernick, like Robert Griffin, and then they're gone, poof, gone. So that's what—that's why I have Mahomes as a sell. So I have always had Watson at a sell. You can go back; I could bring up tweets back from when he was a rookie. And the other one was the guy in Cleveland. I can't remember his name. I think he's a backup in maybe uh, Green Bay now. I don't even remember his name. He went to Notre Dame. Watson, again, sell. Baker Mayfield, shocked. Shocked the Browns took him number one. Equally shocked the kind of season he had. I know for a fact, listening to the Mojo Break podcast, That's a really good podcast. You should check it out. I know on this program, we're talking about, you know, we're doing buy, sell, hold shit. And we're, you know, we don't really talk about a lot of the new shit. You know, I'll talk about um, 2019 opening day here in a minute. But the Mojo Break podcast is kind of cool because they're breaking this stuff. And and they kind of know what's going on. And they talk about how much Baker Mayfield cards are selling. And I was like, wow, I was listening to the the last show. I was like, wow, Baker Mayfield cards are going for a lot. And so... For me that that kind of indicates sell just because the Browns got you know I know that they added uh, Odell Beckham they're and in the division you know you got Antonio Brown leaving and 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 Bell leaving I don't think you ever count the Steelers out but could be a year where they're, they they you know they they're definitely not going to easily there's been years where the Steelers easily have walked to 10 12 wins and there's been years Easily, the uh, Ravens have walked to 10 or 12 win. And believe it or not, there's been years where the Bengals, I wouldn't say it, it's never been easy, but um, they they have won 10 or 12 games. And I don't think anybody in that division is comfortable right now saying that they're going to easily win eight games. And so the Browns are going to be right there. So while I think Mayfield's cards have probably gotten out a little bit ahead of them, I mean, again, this is a guy that, I got his stats right in front of me, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, 14 picks. I got 131 rushing yards, no rushing TDs in 14 games. Not overwhelming statistics, and he's ranked 12th on this list, so keep in mind Tom Brady's 10. I think there's probably a little bit of air left in Baker Mayfield, believe it or not. If he can get them to the playoffs... God, his cards will, I mean, I, I don't know how much more room they have to run. So I don't know if I'd recommend coming in there and buying. But not necess- there will be room to run. And God knows if he takes them to a Super Bowl or they go on a Super Bowl run. The, the thoughts and the feelings, he will matriculate down through the Cleveland metropolitan era will be unbelievable. And so my boy Baker could definitely continue. He's the one guy who has his foot on the gas. I think that has his foot on the gas on this list. He and um, the top guy, God, I can't even remember his name. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'm getting old. I mean, God, when I started this show, I was 27 now and 37. I was 26, I think, when I started this show. Now I'm 37. I can't even remember Patrick Mahomes. But Baker, I think those two quarterbacks on this list have their card prices have their foot on the accelerator. I gotta think Mahomes gets it gets off the accelerator a little bit. Baker, though, given where the Browns are and the fact that it would be their first playoff run season. Again, it's hard to even say that considering the success they have. But I, as a ba- Bengals fan, I know how these teams can be terrible for a decade or more and then all of a sudden go to the playoffs four or five years in a row. And so it can happen, and Baker could definitely do it. i I, I very impressed. The, obviously, I saw him twice last year, maybe even a, another game, maybe a national TV game or something. Uh, very impressed with him, not necessarily athletically or you know arm strength and things of that nature, but just moxie, and uh, he definitely has a lot of that. And I think to play quarterback in the NFL does take a lot of that. Kirk Cousins, we'll just skip right over him for me. He's, he's kind of a he's kind of a hobby nothing because he's bounced around. Even if he takes the Vikings somewhere, I, I don't think Viking fans are going to be like, oh God, I need to go get. Kirk Cousin rookie cards. Maybe a little bit. And maybe there's some value there. It's probably not a lot of downside in Cousins. I don't think anybody's really talking about him. Probably not a ton of people collecting his cards. So there's probably not a lot of downside. And I think the Vikings are one of those teams that are well coached. They have some good players. So maybe a little little situation there. But you'd be digging through the garbage bin, in my opinion. Carson Wentz. Another guy. Interesting situation here. I don't think... You know, it'd be tough to be a seller of his cards, especially if you bought them, you know, at, at, at the wrong times. But he's been hurt a lot. I think if you uh, I think the intelligent thing that would have done is maybe picked off a card or two of his as he's been hurt, as the other guy that they had um, Foles or whatever the, guy, the other guy's name is, has been doing really well. I'm pretty sure he's out of the picture now. And so oh, Wentz is a guy. Interesting situation. Not, not 100% sure if his teammates are 100% behind him, but as we know, the Eagles are a talented team. This is a team that could make a run. He, he's in an interesting situation. He's one ahead of Cam Newton. Remember, this was, guy, this was a guy that was lighting the hobby on fire. Now his cards, I'm sure, are still uh, relatively valuable, but have definitely fallen off a cliff. To me, Cam Newton symbolizes where Patrick Mahomes could go. It's this uh, is C- Patrick. Mah- I think Cam Newton won MVP and went to the Super Bowl. Okay, Came- Mahomes didn't go to the Super Bowl. Did everything but go to the Super Bowl. So it could definitely end up like Cam Newton. I don't think anybody would have predicted that Cam Newton, uh, th- two or three years after the Super Bowl, would be ranked below Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson. I mean, these are not guys I don't think people would expect him to be ranked under. He's basically middle of the pack when it comes to the NFL quarterback. So, we'll see. Had a bad year. Um, I think probably has been injured. I don't think there's a ton of upside in his cards, though. Uh, I think the, the Panthers had their run. And if he takes them on another ride, yeah, there's probably a little air left in that tire. But, boy. That'd be a a risk. Matthew Stafford, another guy. Put lump in there a little bit with Kirk Cousins. Consistent performer, but people are over him, over his cards. Andy Dalton, another guy. This guy's terrible. I mean, this guy, his quarter. I mean, you watch Tom Brady in the pocket, and I literally get like a hard on. I watch Andy Dalton in the pocket, and it's like... You just want to bury your head. This guy is is terrible in the pocket. The, I mean, they have backup. The, the funny thing is, the Bengals bringing backup quarterbacks, you know, in the preseason, and when he gets hurt, uh, that boy, their pocket presence is a lot better. Not quite as good. I mean, Andy Dalton has a good to de- sit. He's a good decision maker. Can throw the ball a little bit, um, but just not a winner. Just not, just not a winner. Um, and and he's had his time, and he really should go. I hope the Bengals make a move to at least draft. Uh, at least one quarterback in in the draft, you know, in the first maybe three or four rounds, depending on how the quarterbacks fall. I would definitely do that. Dak Prescott, my boy ranked under Andy Dalton. Boy, don't know if I would have predicted that a couple years ago. Definitely have been high on Dak Prescott uh, from the beginning. That's actually documented. I can bring up shows where I document uh, how I've been high on this guy. Still think he's a good player. I think he bounced back a little bit last year. I don't think he's ever going to blow people away statistically-wise. But, boy, look at this stat line. 16 games last year, 67.7% completion. That's really good. Uh, 3,800 yards, that's obviously not that great. Um, But, boy, 22 touchdowns versus only eight picks. And I know that once he had uh, the kid, Amari Cooper, come in, he he seemed to real you know give him a weapon like that, and I think when Dez was was a little bit more in his prime, he, he was a good quarterback. I think Dak. I don't know how how his cards have reacted. I'm sure they're softened a little bit. Um, he's a guy. It, with Cowboys, there's kind of a floor underneath his. Cowboy fans will put a floor underneath his cards, and certainly. I don't think the upside is, like, to the sky and to the moon or, like, um, even, like, Patrick Mahomes type's upside. But there'd be upside. If the Cowboys start off hot, I think Dak Prescott's a guy that's uh, still great. I think a really solid quarterback. Would love to have him on my team. Mitchell Trubisky, never, never, never been high on this guy. I, I just think he's a game manager type quarterback. Will he win games? Is he in a good market? Yes, I just don't think he I think he's more of a game manager to me. I mean he's a little like Dak Prescott, but at least Dak Prescott's got a little bit better image, a little bit better, a lot better marketability being in in Dallas. I mean, not that Chicago sucks, but Trubisky just not just doesn't have a personality. I think is more of a game manager. If the Bears were to do something, I think they'd credit the defense. uh, versus his performance. And, and so I, I, I don't think there's a lot there in his cards. Jameis Winston, this is one. This, this, if you've hung in there this long, this is when it gets interesting. And this is the parallels, actually, the stock market. It, it's, it's not a lot of fun buying Apple when it's at its 52-week high and it's like Tom Brady. It's better to buy Apple when everybody thinks, you know, everybody's going to switch to the Samsung. Or to buy Nike when everybody thinks everybody's gonna uh you know boycott it or whatever because you know Colin Kaepernick was in an ad or something. Okay. This is when it gets interesting. this is when the buy sell hold gets interesting. Jameis Winston, a guy I was higher on than than Goff. I'm actually surprised. Winston has kind of maybe I'm not surprised. I mean, this is a guy that was like stealing chicken wings or something, like the crab legs or something and kind of joking about it after the fact. I mean, and NCAA athletes, and as somebody that's stolen food too when I was in college, I think I've made a, i have made I just made a, a large gift to, to my institution, so I think I've paid them back. Besides, statue limitations are over probably anyways, but Jameis Winston, to me, definitely is underachieved, absolutely is underachieved, but has number one pickup side, And nobody cares about him. Nobody thinks he's going to be doing anything. And we'll see. Uh, For me to buy Winston cards, I need evidence that he's really working on his body and his game this summer. If he's working on his yacht and his, his smoking weed or whatever then I, I, I wouldn't be buying his cards. But if I'm hearing, hey, he's, he's working on his game, he wants to play, he wants to take this team by the reins, I think that's the kind of uh, player... J- if Winston is not the star, not the guy, everybody's on his back, I don't think he plays the other role very... Uh, it's not that he fails at the other role. I think he's actually been a very good teammate uh, as, the, as they've kind of bounced him in and out of the lineup. But... Winston is somebody that, if he's not the superstar, he's, he's not that good. But if this team can rally behind him and they can put some wins together, I think his cards have upside. Marcus Mariota, never been super, super high on this guy. Um, I think athletically, he's probably lost a step as he's now, I think, in his third or fourth year. And for him, now is his greatest asset. His greatest asset wasn't throwing. I don't think he throws on the run very well. I don't think he throws very well uh, under pressure. For me, this is like an Andy Dalton kind of, this is like a value trap too in like stocks where it's like, it looks good. Like Andy Dalton looks good. His stats look good. He wins. It's like, oh, he's got, his cards has got to be worth something. No, they're not. The fans actually boo him. And Marcus Mariota, similar thing. Some things look good, some things don't, but he's not hes not really that good. And so he's a guy I'd avoid as well. Derek Carr, this is where it gets really interesting. Derek Carr was like the hottest guy in the hobby. My boy Vegas Dave, got to be feeling a lot. I think Vegas Dave was basically super collecting Derek Carr, which was a big mistake because Derek Carr's career has really taken a, a downfall and I don't think Gruden likes him I don't think Gruden trusts him I don't think Gruden likes him so I think there's going to be a problem I, I think Gruden will eventually get his own guy in there and he might get his own guy and put Carr on the bench and so we'll see what ha- we'll see who has complete control I think if Gruden has complete control of the Raiders Derek Carr throwing a football somewhere else in, in, in a couple months If Gruden doesn't have control of the Raiders, Carr's career is really going to have a problem because I don't think Gruden likes him. I don't think it's a good situation for him there anymore in in Oakland. But there's some upside there. Because of that attitude, because of that thought process, there's probably a little bit of air in his tires. You just got to be careful. You got to buy it right. Lamar Jackson, a guy I'm actually... I actually like this guy as a mobile quarterback. I think this guy had a pretty good year last year. He's ne- he's never going to be that. He's not going to be a good year. But he's like one of these mobile quarterbacks that could put it together for a series of games and it's what collectors for whatever reason NFL collectors really get hyped up when it's like a mold, when it's a like Colin Kaepernick, when it's a Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, uh Robert Griffin, Pretty sure Robert Griffin cards were as hot or as as high as Andrew Luck. And I think it was clear all the way along that Andrew Luck was going to be the more consistent performer over his career. But for whatever reason, people love sexy running quarterbacks. And trust me, there's no one more sexy running the ball behind their players than Lamar Jackson. Incredible athlete. Didn't have a great year, but didn't really have all, you know, didn't have a full off season really to prepare and get ready and wasn't the starter. And now he's going to come into that. So I think he's coming into that situation. So I think he can have a good year. Again, the division is up for grabs, truly up for, I think it's a division that's truly up for grabs this year. I don't, I don't know the other divisions in NFL to really know if that's how all of them are, but this one truly is. And so Jackson could get on a little bit of a run Uh, But I would be buying to sell Jackson. Again, my opinion on these running quarterbacks, they have one good year, and then that's it. And so I would definitely be selling there. Sam Darnold, his cards and his fan base have, have probably taken a breath and realized he's not Tom Brady. He's not Joe Montana. He's not Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Okay, he's a good player. He throws on the run, obviously far better than uh, Marcus Mariota, he, he might be one of the better young quarterbacks I've seen throw on the run. So he moves around the pocket well, gets out of the pocket well. I think the Jets are still a couple players away. For me, Sam Darnold is probably you know kind of a, like a hold. I don't know if I'd really be actively buying his cards because like just like I said, I still think I, I think they got Le'Veon Bell. But I still think the Jets are probably a player or two away from being a a legitimate winning football team. And so in that case, I think you're going to have another year where Darnold will play, you know, pretty well, probably have some good games, probably some not so good games. But depending on how you think, you know, the team feels about him and, and, and how he might be going into year three, he could be like a guy like Jared Goff. That is one of those people that, oh yeah, you know, Sarah, Sam, Jared Goff, people collect them their first year, their second year, still some people really just the fans of them collect them. And then their third year, they finally take that leap because their team takes that leap. And I see that maybe with Darnold is that he's not going to, he's not going to be super collectible next year, only because I think the Jets, while they'll have plenty of attention on them and they'll probably be a little bit better. Still don't think they're, they're there yet, and so I think you can wait. Kind of hold his cards, maybe looking to buy at a later date. Eli Manning, I don't know. If you like him, you can buy him. He's won two Super Bowls, very good player, and will probably have a career outside of football a little bit. But, uh, again, not sure what his upside is. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winner, no upside, though. Case Keenum, same thing. Nick Mullins won't start. Alex Smith. People are tired of him. Tannehill sucks. Blake Bordel sucks. Finally, the last two guys who I consider, one of them I consider actually a strong buy. I'll give you my reasons. The other guy, I think just for a buy, just for the fact that um, young quarterback, Josh Allen, probably wasn't as collected as some of the other quarterbacks were last year. Had a decent year but the bills weren't that good he's a guy I probably lump in there with Sam Darnold a guy you can monitor see how he personally progresses see how the team is progressing if you think okay year three year four this is a team that can go to the playoffs then then I think you have some time there okay I like him but don't love him a lot where I'm like go out and buy his cards the last guy I, I'm not going to tell you to do anything with your money, but I'm going to tell you what I've been doing with my money. I've been buying some number... The last-ranked quarterback. Last-ranked quarterback. I don't think this is like a penny stock, though. It's not like buying a 99 cent or a $5 stock or something. still think this is a pretty valuable stock. It just needs a little time to, to mature. That's my boy Josh Rosen, ranked number 33 did not have a great year last year looks like eleven touchdowns, fourteen picks that's tough only fifty five percent only twenty well twenty two hundred yards at 14 games not ter- not terrible, not great um that's probably not 14 full games either, but really looks good in the pot boy when you watch this guy throw. This is a guy whose situation is absolutely you, you might wonder why am I recommending Josh Rosen cards? The cardinals don't even want him. But that's exactly why I think I think at all these quarterbacks on this list, his, his, his cards could go up without him th- having to throw a pass. That's what I feel about Josh Rosen because he could get traded from the Cardinals to the Giants. I think if he gets traded to the New York Giants, his cards would go up. They sur- I don't they uh, sure as hell wouldn't go down if he got traded to the giant New York football Giants. Trust me, him, Saquon Barkley, I'm not sure what the Giants' offensive line is, but I know the Cardinals is terrible. They might be one of the worst in the league. I could almost say this with confidence. I think if he had Tom Brady on the Cardinals, he might not be able to take him to the Super Bowl. Not a great team. So, we'll see. What if Rosen gets traded to the Patriots? Or another team with a good, uh, I think the other rumor I think is Redskins. The three teams I've heard him rumored to possibly trade it to, New York Giants, Washington Redskins, and the Patriots. All three of those situations sound amazing. And so before he even throws a pass, his situation could get good. Now there is some risk. Obviously, if the Cardinals keep him and then draft Kyler Murray, that's a big problem. (laughs) You know, that's a really big problem. But I just don't see the Cardinals doing that. I don't see the Cardinals doing that. The Cardinals are either going to trade him or not draft Cardinal Murray, Kyle Murray. That's what they're. There's just not a lot of reason for the Cardinals to keep Rosen and then and then draft Murray number one. Just doesn't make. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. If you can get a third or second or whatever you can get out of Rosen, that makes sense to me. And so there, there's definitely some upside there. I think he could get himself to a new situation. I don't think the Cardinals are a very collectible team in terms of uh, cards and things like that, but it's certainly the New York Giants, certainly the Washington Redskins, and obviously if he was considered the heir apparent to Tom Brady, got everybody, you know, look at the, look at the guys. Uh, can't even remember the Niners quarterback Garoppolo and there was a guy before Matt Castle or something. There's been a long list of guys. So that's why, to me, he's probably the strongest buy on this whole list is that his cards can literally go up before he even throws a pass. And even if the Cardinals do something really stupid and keep him and then draft Murray, you're you're still not... You're you're still, you know, I think there'll definitely be some downside in his cards at that point. Everybody will look at him as oh, his career's over. And that definitely might be the time to come in and scoop. But it be it might be a tough, tough situation. So we'll see what happens. But that's my buy sell hold on, on quarterbacks. I really for me, there are no strong buys outside of Tom Brady. Tom Brady has proven time and time and time and time and freaking time again. That you could have bought his cards, and they continue to go up. Now, will that continue to be the case? I don't think he's announced his retirement. If he comes back next year and then goes to the Super Bowl another freaking time, and whether he wins it or not, it doesn't really matter. That's that would be that would just give even more boost to his cards and, and, and his legendary status. So, for me, he's a buy. Dak Prescott, I think, for whatever reason, I feel like the Cowboys could could. Um, could surprise some people, and I think with um, a full year with Amari Cooper, if both those two stay healthy, and and with Ezekiel Elliott, that's a that's a trio right there. I tell you what, that's a trio that really should be making the playoffs. And I got to buy on my boy Josh Rosen because I think he is in, in a unique situation to improve his value without even having to throw a pass. I have a strong sell on any mobile quarterback. Any mobile quarterback, I have a strong sell on um, after they have a great year. Mahomes, I, I think I'd wait on Lamar Jackson. I think, I, I wouldn't mind holding uh, Jackson, and if his cards are affordable, I wouldn't mind uh, picking one up because I think he's a guy that could have one more run. And I think maybe the biggest enigma and kind of mystery on this whole list is probably Jameis Winston. You know, where's it? You know, I think next year's a big year for him. If he has another sucky year next year, he's gone. He's I mean, he's probably out of the NFL for all intents and purposes. But he could bounce. He he's a guy that everybody could be like, oh wait, Winston's a good player. He's finally figured it out. Put you know, put down the crab legs, and now he's ready to throw the football. Uh, maybe. So he's a guy that that's kind of interesting too. So I think there's some interesting situations in football. Those are the ones I have on the quarterback side. We'll come back. We're actually going to take a break because I need to go get some water. I need to relax. So we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. Going to bring up my show notes here. That's right. I will, you know what? I think I'm going to skip 2019 NFL draft. I'll weave it a little bit in with Zion Williamson is what I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about coming back from the break. I'm going to talk about a little bit about Zion Williamson. What could happen with it? Could he, you know, I think it's, I think it's up for debate. Will he even sign with Panini? What if he signs with upper deck? What if he doesn't sign with anybody? I think that would be a really smart thing to do. Some of these athletes don't freaking sign with anybody. Just create ZionWilliamson.com and sell autographs out of there and collect a hundred percent of the profits. Uh, That's what I would be doing. Uh, But for whatever reason, these guys think they need Panini to help them or upper deck. I think, you know, maybe some of these guys are good partners. Maybe some of them aren't. So we'll talk about that. Weave that in. I'll weave that same topic in because uh, here's my here's what I'll leave you on as we go to break here first break we've had in a long time on the Sports Card Show podcast actually I'll leave you with this what if Zion signs with Upper Deck and what if 2019 football really sucks Kyler Murray sucks what kind of year will it be next year for sports cards? So we'll talk about that. Coming up. Myself right. Tweak it, tweak it off that 2CB, huh? Is he gonna make it TPD, huh? Thought I was gonna run DMC, huh? I done died and lived again on DMT, huh? See, this is type of how that won't come down. This is type of how to get you gunned down. Easy, easy trolling, no D, huh? Turn TMC to Smack DVD, huh? Russell Simmons wanna pray for me, too. I'ma pray for him, cause he got me, too. Thinking, what if that happened to me, too? Then I'm on E-News. She could get menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself, myself. She could get menacing, frightening, find help. Sometimes I scare myself Myself And we are back It's yeah. yeah. been a while since we've actually taken a break Here on the Sports Card Show It feels good Take a break uh, Get a little water Relax for a minute uh, what I'll try to do. This is gonna be a long show. What I'll try to do in the description of the show, if you click on like I'm familiar with like iTunes, you can like click on or like the podcast app, you can click on it, it brings up the show description. I'll try to include the time when all the topics start because this is gonna be a long show. If you don't give a damn about Zion or quarterbacks or whatever it is, you won't know when that, that segment starts. And so these long ones. I'll try to do that. I, I'm not guaranteeing that because I do something you almost have to do post-production and you almost have to like listen to the show and God knows I want to listen to my own show. So, try to do that for you. Uh, right now, we're going to be talking about Z- my boy. Zion. I call him my boy because guess what I did when I saw Zion dunking on people. I probably should have done this last year, but saw Zion dunking on people and doing all this shit and I was like, Damn. This dude is like, this guy could literally be the next LeBron. And I made a lot of money off LeBron. I bought season tickets. The year the Cavs made the NBA Finals, I had four tickets, four season tickets. And they were $10 each. It wasn't like I was paying hundreds and hundreds. I was like literally paying hundreds of dollars for the whole season. Uh, for for uh tickets, and so you can imagine. I remember the the finals games; they weren't ten. The NBA, I think the NBA controls it, and it it's a it's a increase over and above. But I was paying like I think it was like only sixty or something. I, I don't remember what the face value of my tickets were on the NBA finals, but I was selling them for hundreds of dollars each. because uh, it was the first year. I mean, they got swept by. Um, that was the year Cleveland got swept by. A huge or San Antonio. But gosh, I made a lot of money off LeBron. I, I, that was when I got into pre-selling and, and buy, you know, really getting a distributor and pre, uh, pre-buying, pre pre-ordering uh, Upper Deck product because he had an exclusive Upper Deck. And you could just call – at that time, you could just set – I think I was like 20 years old or 21 years old and you could just get an account and pre-order Upper Deck. And that's what I did. Um, and so I've made money uh, – you know, not only off LeBron, but other businesses related to him. So I was like, man, if Zion is like the next LeBron, I want to be in on it. So I actually set up a Zion Williamson website. I took my core competency and I set up a Zion Williamson oh, website. And every time Duke plays, my traffic goes up further. I literally have maybe 400 words on the whole site. So there's not a whole lot to it yet, and it's not something I'm going to expend a lot of time on. I, I won't describe the pro, my, my thought process on the site so much right now, but um, as time goes on, we'll see. I think it's something that will really peak around NBA draft time, so it's something that I'm kind of timing for that, and we'll see what happens. But... Boy, he's a really good player, and the the rumors that I heard uh, that I've heard is that he is he's leaning toward going to an agent who tends to uh, avoid Panini America contracts primarily because Panini re- actually really makes these guys work, whereas Upper Deck they have these contracts with these players, but not uh, Upper Deck is not nearly as needy from a, a, you know, oh, we need a thousand stickers and we need, you know, because Panini's come out with a new product every week, but it's like upper deck much more. I mean, I'm sure on the hockey side it's completely different, but they don't have a license with anything else really. And so the, the, the way they can release Jordan and LeBron and Tiger and uh, I think they have Gretzky maybe um, and some other, and they have Ben Simmons, who I think is the agent Zion is thinking about going with. And so there is some fear within the card community that Zion could go and sign with Upper Deck or 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 something like that or not sign with anybody. I don't know. I think he will sign with somebody. I, I again, I don't think I think the wise thing for these guys to do is start zionwilliamson.com and sell 8 by tens and basketballs and jerseys and whatever the hell he wants off that site and have little cousin from the hood, run the damn site. I mean, we see how well that worked out for lonzo He had um, his dad's buddy running his money, and he took 1.5 million. So Zion should should have, you know, Price Cooper Waterhouse, you know <laughs> investigate or what, audit, I guess is the term his business. but you get what I'm saying. Okay, I think Zion. Is really going to have a big impact on basketball cards next year because if he's in Panini products, God knows Panini's gonna. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's going to be a Zion. There'll be a if there's not a Zion card, a Zion stickers, as we talked about on the last show, there'll be Zion redemptions that he may or may not ever fulfill. <laughs> so there'll be Zion redemptions, plenty of them, and I don't know if I'd buy any because Panini. That'll be Panini's way to print money next year. If they have Zion, sure, Zion will sign some cards. Sure, Zion will sign some stickers. Sure, Zion will sign some basketballs. But I guarantee you, Panini is going to put in thousands and thousands and thousands of his redemption cards in products, not knowing if they'll actually get those from Zion. Period. They'll do that next year. And they'll be printing money. If Zion signs with Upper Deck, I think his cards will be about <laughs> what we got. What did uh, Ben Simmons had like a Goodwin championship card? I think he was like in a Nike shirt or something. So we'll probably be get unimpressive cards uh, from from Zion. But, god damn, we could have a, a Zion and a Jordan duel. Shit, that'd be a pretty nice card. Or a Zion, Tiger, Gretzky... Uh, you know, we uh, also, the things I did see come out from Upper Deck, it looked like they got some kind of license through the NBA where they were to come out with these kind of jumbo. I think they had like these larger cards that basically looked like a card, but it was larger, probably a much better present. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I had something Zion, I'd want it out. You know, we collect these little tiny cards and they look like crap. I mean, you put it on your mantle and you could barely see the damn thing, but if it feels like a basketball or a jersey I mean it's like a statement piece, and so I think with upper deck, if you're a collector and you're excited about buying some Zion stuff, I think I'd be actually more excited about him being with upper deck because upper deck creates really nice statement pieces, whether it's the jerseys or the balls or or whatever the eight by tens or the little photos they do just tend to be a little bit more little little more um I just think a step above what I see coming out of Panini's authentic kind of stuff. They just get him to sign Spaldings and jerseys, and anybody can do that. Maybe some shoes here and there. Upper deck tends to create these a little, you know, like I said, they had these cards, they're quote-unquote cards. They were just much bigger, maybe 8 by 10 size or maybe a little bit larger. They just looked like cards. They had NBA uniforms and signatures and a piece of jersey in there. And they looked really, really, really cool. And I think if you're a collector, uh, definitely something to be excited about. So either way, I think if you're a collector of Zion, I wouldn't worry. If you're like, ah, if you're a Duke fan or you just want to collect Zion or he goes to your team or whatever it is, you want I wouldn't worry. I think if he goes Upper Deck, you're going to have to pay up, but you know, you're going to have to pay up either way to get his stuff. But I think his stuff, I think from statement pieces, stuff you put on your wall conversation-wise, rather have him get with Upper Deck. If you're looking from a, like an RPA standpoint, excuse me, I'm starting to take drink a drink. It's been a while since I recorded a podcast, so keep that voice flowing. But if you're looking from a card perspective, you were trying to stack up rainbows and prisms and autographs and things like that, obviously you'd want to go, uh, you'd want him to sign with Panini. Now, if you're me, I think you should not sign with either one of them, but that's probably not, that's really more of a business dis- discussion than, than a card discussion. So we'll, we'll stay off that. Um, but boy, I think he, he has the potential, this is, Zion to me, he's a guy, again, have I gone out and made a website of any athlete over the last 10 years, 20 years even? No, that that should really tell you something. And I've, you know, as I sit here today, some of you guys might be young. You never saw Michael Jordan play. You didn't see Sha- Shaquille O'Neal in his prime. You didn't see Kobe Bryant play very much. Maybe he hated the Lakers. You didn't see... Some of you guys might not even saw Tiger Woods in his prime. I've seen some of the greatest athletes of all time. Tiger, Jordan, Shaq, in my opinion. From a dominant perspective. And, and Zion has that type of body. Zion's like if, if, like, Sean Kemp and Shaq had a baby. Like, that's Zion. High percentage shooter. I will say, just from a technical perspective... For me, he's a little bit different player than say a James Harden or even maybe like a Kevin Durant, certainly LeBron, where they kind of need the ball in their 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 possession. Again, I, I I can I said Zion, if Shaq and Sean Kemp had a baby, it, or, or actually Sean Kemp, Zion, and maybe Larry Johnson had a had a threesome. Zion Williamson would pop out. And I think that because Zion's not really, a, I think he could become a ball-dominant guy, but I think his strength is actually off-ball. Weak side, post-up, elbow, wing-type player. And you need a good coach. I think you need a good coach that can draw up plays, and it would really help if you had good, a good point guard. A good, unse- now some of these point guards that are pulling eight threes a game. An unselfish point guard, and Zion... That combo would be, and if you had another shot blocker maybe to help on defense and stuff like that, would be a tremendous, I think would be a really exciting, I don't know what they would do win-wise, because if they were in the East, they'd probably be a winner, but if they were in the West, it'd be harder because of the, the way the talent is, but I am high, I'm really, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm as high on Zion is. People are on weed out here in California, and it's legal out here. Trust me, weed is legal, and Zion is. Uh, oh, his game is almost illegal. How good it is! Again, it's against college talent, but you see the athleticism, you see the explosiveness. Uh, it's something I have not seen in, in, in quite some time at the college level. So, we'll see. We'll see. He definitely, obviously, needs to progress his game, but he has every uh, every motivation, every incentive to do that, and we'll see. Now, my tie-in with the 2019 NFL Draft was what could happen is Zion could sign with Upper Deck, which, you know, again, I think we have R.J. Barrett, and the, there'll be other guys in the NBA, but... If Zion is taking up all the air in the room, kind of like like Luka. I I know a lot of people are collecting or uh, think Luka Doncic. This is a guy I probably should have had more shows on this year. But I'll get it out. I'll I'll make it a fact right now. I think Luka Doncic sucks. I don't think he's a very good player. I think statistic-wise, statistically, he's a good player. But, god damn, I could open up an NBA almanac and show you st- great statistical players over the years that nobody gives a damn about. Glenn Robinson, Glenn Rice, Karl Malone, maybe a little bit. I don't. I don't see his game progressing and that's a problem in today's NBA because as we've seen the NBA changes i mean if Zion Williamson is the the next breed of NBA players do you think anybody's going to give a fuck about Luka fucking Doncic i think he looks good because really the only other player really it's weird about the NBA it used to be about like dunking on people it used to be about like getting the ball on the post and and Doing, you know, a little jab step a little little fake here, and then turning around, dunking on him, getting fouled and one. It used to be about getting an and one and blowing by somebody. Now it's like about a step-back three. Now it's like if you do a step-back three, your cards are va- more valuable than the guy that kind of blows by somebody. It's weird. For whatever reason, the, s- the step-back three is the new a blow by dunk on somebody or get the ball, get the ball in the post, drop, step, dunk kind of thing. I don't, I, 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 you know, and then we see somebody like Zion who I don't think I've ever seen a step back. You know, why, why does he, I mean, I'm sure he'll put it into his repertoire. Uh, He probably would be wise to at some point. But if, if Zion Williamson is the next generation of the NBA player, God, God knows the step back guys are going to be doing anything. So not that Dantek is going to average eight points next year. I mean, I think he can continue, continue to be a solid player, but I feel about as warm and fuzzy about him as I do Devin Booker, another guy who I think is absolute garbage. I mean Devin. Booker, look at Devin. Devin Booker's teams suck. Devin Booker's teams are garbage. Now Devin Booker is a third option. Trade Lonzo Ball to the Suns and then add somebody else, R.J. Barrett or freaking Zion Williamson, and that might be a playoff team. When when Booker is the the third one touching the ball, that'd be a playoff team. When Doncic is the third guy touching the ball on the Mavs, they'll go back to the playoffs. Okay, Until that time, they ain't going to go nowhere. So Doncic's cards are way overvalued, way overhyped, way, way overhyped. This guy is absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Way overhyped. When Zion comes in next year, I don't care if he signs with Deck or if he signs with Panini or if he comes over here and signs with me. People are going to give a shit about him. No one's going to give a shit about some white guy that's not even from America. Look at the history of NBA cards and find me a white guy Who's not even born in the United States whose cards are super valuable? And in the, you know, people are really running out there to fucking collect. If you like Luca, you're a MAVS fan, hey, I'm not telling you not to buy his cards. Just wait another year or two. No one is gonna give a damn about him. Just wait. Winnie's the third option on the team. They'll start winning, but nobody will care about them then. Nobody will care. Zion could be sitting there on four wins in the month of December dunking on somebody, and that's what people are going to be caring about. Trust me. So I'm all about Zion, not about white, non American, especially non American white players. Good God. Definitely not. I don't know why people, I mean, people are literally running over themselves to buy this guy. This guy's trash. So now, I mean, I mean, there's probably 25% of our audience that <clears throat> has spent half their paycheck on getting into breaks and trying to hit a Don If you didn't run to eBay to sell it right after you hit it, then you'll, get, you'll definitely get what's coming for you. Same thing happened to Booker. <clears throat> I mean, our Booker's cards, I'm sure, are still valuable, but go look at a two-year chart of Devin Booker cards, okay? Is he a good scorer? Is he a good player? Yeah. If it's on a freaking pickup game, would I want him on my team? Hell yeah. We'd win every game, okay? The NBA is not college basketball. It's not a pickup game. I've been watching the NBA for over 30 years now. And I've been watching championship-level NBA. It's not like I've been a a Hawks fan or a Grizzlies fan or some of these teams that have never freaking won. I've seen what it takes to win in the NBA. A white guy that's best attribute as a step-back three is garbage. A guy who cares more about the line in his hair and scoring 50 points... Is garbage, okay? Those are third—when they become the third option on the team, then they become good players, but nobody will care about their cards then. Because someone like a man like Zion Williamson will be the number one option on the team, and nobody will give a damn or be able to name anybody else around him because he will suck—he's like Donald Trump—literally just sucks the oxygen out of the room, Okay? And I don't see that in football this year. I'm looking up and down the 2019 NFL draft. We've got Murray. I think there's a quarterback out of Ohio State. I'm sure we'll have a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers that that are okay. We'll have – I think the best case – here's what I think the best case scenario for the 2019 NFL draft is. I think the best case scenario is Murray goes number one. For me personally, Rosen gets traded – to the New York Giants or the Patriots, probably really get traded to the Patriots and go sit behind Tom Brady, throw three touchdown passes in a preseason game against second stringers, and his cards would triple in value. Let Murray do whatever the hell he wants to do in, in in the car on the Cardinals. The bat, be- the best scenario for this year's twenty nineteen NFL draft. Murray goes to the Cardinals and he sits. That's why I'm a little worried about buy, like really strongly buying Rosen cards, okay? If I really was really confident by like, you know, 1,000 dollars worth of them, because I think there's upside there. But so far I've only spent I think I'm up to maybe two,, two 250 or so. I bought three cards, bought one nice one and two kind of average ones. So we'll see, but I think the best outcome, finish my point here, finally, quit talking about Josh Rosen, Is uh, obviously I'm like on my knees, like, to Josh Rosen right now. I don't know why either. Just think he, I just think he's a guy that could have one good year and his cards would go up, uh, like a lot of quarterbacks, I guess. But best case scenario, Murray gets drafted to the Cardinals, and he sits for whatever reason. Rosen's there. They, they get a veteran or whatever. But he sits. I think that would – but I don't know if – Mur, again, Murray's a guy that, if you're not familiar, got drafted by the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's said, okay, you can go – and I think pretty high, too. I don't think it's like just some scrub prospect or whatever. I think they were they were excited about him or whatever. And so, but they let him go play college football. And then Murray won the Heisman Trophy Award. I'm not super impressed with him athletically, height Why I mean, I think a lot was made about his height being 5'10 or whatever. Not, not impressed, really, honestly. Not impressed with a- any of his attributes. Could he be a good quarterback? Could he be like uh, uh, Deshaun Watson and kind of surprise me? For sure. I think he really could be like Deshaun Watson, where it's like not really impressive in any sense except – Maybe he's got a little bit. Of, he, he definitely has athleticism. If you can get drafted in, in baseball, and then and then get, win the Heisman, goddamn, you're you're easily one of the best athletes in the world. So he has that going for him. But we know that the NFL is a lot more than that. And if you get go to a bad team, it's it's really tough. It's really tough in the NFL, especially a bad offensive line and not a lot of weapons. You know, if you don't got an Odell Beckham or an AJ Green or an Antonio Brown or something like that. Out there to 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 really mask mask some of your weaknesses. It's tough. It's tough. So we'll see. I I think the best case is Murray doesn't get in. Uh, you know, I I don't think he again to finish my point. I don't think he wants to go to the NFL and then sit here. Okay, he just go to play in the minor leagues if he wanted to sit down and not play. I think this is a guy that just is uh, you know is an adrenaline junkie and just wants to play. And, he, you know, he figures he's getting the most adrenaline out of football right now, so he's going to play it. And, and so, you know, I think he could sit a couple weeks and then come in. I think that would be healthy for cards. At least he'd get a few sets off the board before he came in um, and played for, again, a team. I, I think Rosen well, I think Rosen was the most talented quarterback. Again, we know that that's not, I mean, Todd Morenovich and, and Ryan Leaf I'm sure graded higher than whoever else was drafted around them. Okay, so it's and Joe Montana and Tom Brady rated very extremely low in their groups of quarterbacks, which is why they were late around picks. So we know that's not generally a good thing, but I, you know, I think a more athletic quarterback would do better in Arizona. If they have a bad offensive line, you probably do, you should have somebody in there like Murray. So I can understand the allure of getting him in there. Because it could mask some of your weaknesses as a team. So we'll see. But NFL draft, I think if all the QBs sit, that could help a little bit. But I I think NFL fans are really savvy. They've been watching more college football. The college football playoff is something a lot of people watch. There's a lot of coverage on the, the NFL draft now these days. And so I think people are getting savvy. You know, not every quarterback is coming out and being like Tom Brady. God knows that. Okay? So, and a lot of quarterbacks turn out to be Robert Griffin or Cam Newton or Andrew Luck or or something like that where they have like one pretty good season. Or Derek Carr. They have one good season. You think they're going to be really good. And then the very next season, they're not very good. So, and maybe even two, three seasons after that, they're not very good. So, We'll see. I think either way, I think it's going to be a softer year in football. Even if Murray is good and he's playing well, even if he's like Robert Griffin kind of like hotness, okay, or even like Baker Mayfield, hotness. I You know, again, I could be totally wrong. We'll see. But I don't think there's that then that second player, that Sam Darnold and then the Lamar Jackson and then Josh Allen and then Josh Rosen and then Saquon Barkley, you know, Last year was like an abundance of riches in football and I just don't see it this year, don't see it. Now, some things that could make up for it, the 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 position players go to the right team, the Packers, the Steelers, the um New York Giants, things like that. That that could happen. Some of these position players go to teams that win, that could happen. But again, I don't I think The problem for me, if I was trying to sell this stuff is a lot of stuff has to happen on the field for things to go for there to be a lot of upside. And so I think that's, that to me would be the thing that would make me nervous uh, about next year's football season is a lot has to go right on the field for the card sets to do particularly well, especially with the way Panini puts out sets where it's, Ninety nine percent rookie heavy, and that that you know the veteran content in there. Just from the nature of the NFL, too, the fact that very few players last more than a few years in the NFL. Uh, it's hard to build up a fan base for players that are are constantly turning over. So and the and the quarterbacks are getting these mega 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 contracts now. So why you know why if I'm Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or or any of these top quarterbacks why do i need to sign you know i can understand patrick mahomes probably still on a rookie deal um you know i'm sure he's making a lot of money but he probably looks around he has teammates and friends that are making way way more money so i can understand why someone like him might might do a lot of signing but um you know some of these quarterbacks with mega 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 deals they don't have any they don't have a lot of good reasons um to be signing stuff so yeah, I think, I think that, that's about it. That, you know, Zion, I think the worst, here's the worst case scenario. Zion signs with Upper Deck. 2019 NFL draft comes out. It's really Murray and nobody else. Murray comes out and he stinks. And he starts practicing his baseball, you know, TMZ reports he's practicing his baseball swing. That would be an absolute disaster. Could happen. The absolute, the absolute, if you're, especially if you're a breaker. And I think that's a large, especially Panini's business. I can imagine breaking for Panini has got to be a huge, huge, huge percentage of their business. From a breaking perspective, if Zion sides with Panini and 2019 NFL draft comes out and one, the players sit, the key quarterbacks and certain players end up, you know, the stuff happened, you know, to where. If Zion signs with Panini, I don't think you have to really worry about next year. You're going to do well enough probably on basketball that it's going to allow you to fill breaks on some, some stuff that, that's a little more profitable. You know, I might, might not make a ton of money off 2019-20 uh, basketball, but it, but it could be that you make you – know, you're able to upsell and kind of gather customers and things of that nature and, 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 do, and make profits on other things. Moving on. Let's just move on. No break. We're going to power through this next one. Uh, These next ones are kind of short, honestly, and we'll probably uh, move into the back half of the show here. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was just chucking, absolutely chucking cards into a box. It was like a four or five second clip. on. I think it was posted on Instagram. They made it way over Twitter, and that's where I saw it. And he had gotten all these cards from Panini and they were all set out. I think it was like on a countertop or something. And it was like thousands. It seemed like it was like thousands of cards. Whole year's worth of cards, basically, it seemed like. So, it, you know, if you want a Vlad Jr. rookie, believe me, they're coming. There's going to be a lot of them coming from Panini and I'm sure tops as well. And... um so, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, some people talked about the value and and certainly his signature, you know, Vladimir Jr.'s signature is not going to get any rare ever, okay? But to, tops has proven time and time again that their cards are very collectible, and his Bowman card, while his other quota... There'll be other tops cards that'll come out with a signature on it. There'll be, you know, stuff out there with the signature on it from Panini and, and other places. But those first original tops cards are ex- extraordinarily valuable. And so, uh, I don't... Th- you know, again, if Vlad Jr. comes out, and he's good, and he... You know, his, his card's... His cards that are out now will, will maintain their value. I'm pretty confident of that. You know, this all this other Panini stuff, I think, is just noise. And, you know, it, it's it's cheap for Panini to put them in there. It's exciting. It's what collectors want. It certainly will drive sales. People will be looking for them. They'll certainly sell for, for decent money. I don't think the people that are buying that are, are, are kind of debating between that and a Bowman Chrome or something like that. I think if you want his chrome, you're gonna buy his chrome. So I don't think the, the extra supply will come in there. To address the point of him chucking the autos in the box, I have a big problem looking at a very short video clip these days on the internet and drawing conclusions, okay? Because we had the Jesse Jesse Smollett who went from being attacked to being uh, a faker and now he's I think he's fully acquitted and his record is sponged. Um, you know, the story... You know, If you analyzed it just on the short video, you would have missed a lot of the other little pieces to the story. And I think of also the Covington High School kids who were unfortunately wearing Donald Trump-supporting hats. Otherwise, I don't think anybody would have given a damn about them. But the fact that they were wearing those hats made them a target from everybody else. And people looked at a very short video clip of them and, and saw what they were wearing. I mean, we talk about how, oh, we should be more... The Democrats are always like, we need to be inclusion and we need to tear down walls and borders. And then they see a seven-second video of a white kid with a red hat on and they draw all these conclusions. Whereas if you listen to what happened, what was being said to the kids before, the kids literally... I guess he said he was sitting there praying or whatever. I mean, I don't know if my, if my son is doing that. I think I'd feel... You know, all I know is when I was in seventh grade and some Indian guy was beaten in my, I would have done way, 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 thank God, cell phone cameras and things like this, social media did not exist. I grew up in Stockton, California, so not only was my behavior bad, but I could have reported on about 20 other people. I mean, if my class had gone in high school... Had gone to Washington, D.C., there would have been somebody dealing drugs. There would have been somebody trying to have sex. There would have been somebody, like, I mean, trying to, you know, it's like, can we break out of the hotel after curfew and go get a bottle of Jim Beam or something? I mean, literally, that's what would have been happening. But anyways. So I have trouble looking at a short clip online. And so this Vlad Jr. thing, I see him chucking things in the box You know, it looks bad because if he signs all those cards, it kind of looked like he was just going to sign all those cards, literally chuck them all in the box, slap a UPS label and send it back to Finini. That's what it looked like. Now, I don't, I hope that's not what happens. I mean, I think all the cards would have pretty, most of the cards would have what most collectors would feel significant damage there. Now, if Vlad Jr. is aware of that. I don't know what I do know is, I, I think Brian Gray. You know, people were like, "Why can't Panini have somebody there?" And, and Brian Gray from Leaf, my favorite guy, gets on there and was like, "Oh, we wouldn't want to see the price of the product go up thirty percent." We're not talking about every player here. We're talking about Vlad freaking Jr. If Vlad freaking Jr. autographs don't make it into Panini products, guess how well they'll fucking sound sell. Do you guys hear those crickets right there? Hold on. You guys hear those crickets? You guys hear those crickets right now? Hold on. Hold on. Turn up your iPad right now. Do you hear the fucking crickets right now? That's the sound of Panini baseball selling without Vlad fucking Jr. cards in them. If I was Panini, this is Vlad Jr. This looked like all the cards. For the whole freaking year of Panini baseball cards. I think I could have sent some idiot. Could have put him on a $60 Southwest flight. Could have put him up in a six. God knows Vlad Jr. is not in the Ritz Carlton in Bel Air. Or at the fucking Pebble Beach uh, Lodge. God knows that's not where he is. He's a minor league baseball player. He's probably in like a rented home or a a host family or something. Or maybe he's at his dad's house. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure you could have got one of these pencil fucking necks from Panini. Put him on a $60 fucking Southwest flight. Give him $40 in Uber credits. Put him up at the $60 Best Western. And have him stand there and make sure a video of Vlad Jr. chucking freaking autograph cards in a freaking box doesn't make its round on social media. How much would, uh, again, would it cost maybe two, $300? At the corporate level, since there's a lot, you know, they would have gave him $30 a day in meals and he would have been in a place where $30 buys him you know, eight tacos and, a, and four burritos. So, there would have been some corporate waste. Might have been $500. We're talking about Vlad Jr. here. We're not talking about, uh, you know, some other, Vladimir Guerrero Sr. Who most people probably don't even remember. So we're not, uh, Amber alert, Amber alert, alert to Panini, alert to Leaf, alert to Tops. We're not asking you to send one of your freaking pencil neck employees to every freaking signing. But if it's Vlad Jr., if it's Zion Williamson, yeah, maybe send somebody over there. Maybe spend 500 freaking dollars and send a guy over there to make sure they're not chucking the cards into a freaking box. Again, I don't want to draw conclusions on, uh, are those cards going to end up in packs? Were those, were those cards, was he going to do that to all the cards? All I know, is, and heaven forbid, maybe I don't want to draw the conclusion, maybe somebody from Panini was there. And if that's the case, you need to bring him to the conference table and look at him in the face and say, you're fired. When the, the publicity around Vlad Jr. signing all the cards for your products is a seven-second video of him throwing the cards in a box like it's a 1989 comment. Junk wax common. God. What is Benini thinking? These companies are so freaking stupid. They'll literally have a VIP fucking party at the National or have some stupid fucking booth at the Super Bowl. And they'll send every freaking employee. That some of most of me never even seen before. He was like selling insurance six months ago and he goes to the VIP party. They can't send one of those idiots to Vlad jr. And just make sure number one, he doesn't chuck anything in a box, but number two, if that's a legitimate thing to do and it may, maybe I can't, I can maybe see some scenarios where, yeah, that's something that could be done in a signing session. You have a big Brown box and he's just chucking cards in there. It seemed maybe that could happen. But God knows I'd want that to be the only thing that came out of that press little session. That's what hit social media. That's what found its way to collectors. Because those are the people that are buying this stuff. Okay? God knows little Johnny in Arkansas gives a damn about Vlad Jr., He's gonna buy 99 cent packs of opening day, or 2.99 packs, and if he pulls a Vlad, great. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter. But the people that are buying Panini shit and buying into breaks and razzing and all this shit, all they care about is hitting the Vlad Jr. And if he's chucking it in a box, they're literally gonna look at it close. Like literally, people are gonna get these Vlad Jr. cards and look at them closer than. You looked at evidence of collusion in the Trump case. Some of you guys said, oh, yep, collusion. Oh, it's Trump. Collusion. Obstruction. He's guilty. And then you're going to get your Vlad Jr. card, and you're going to go wash your hands four times, put on a pair of gloves, get your magnifying glass, get your special light, Try to push down your boner about four times and then look over the card about seven times and then post pictures of it online. Ask other people to do the same and then say, oh, should I send it to BGL? What's it going to grade out at, guys? Hey, guys, you think that's a 9-5 or is this one of those ones that ended up in the box? What do you guys think? And then if it has even the fucking slightest little snag in the cardboard, just the tiniest, tiniest little bump... It's like if I went outside and I, like, put my finger on my Mercedes and then say, oh, oh I need to go, oh, need to go get it, get that buffed out. Nope, got, gotta get the, got to get that, got got to get the new finish on that, swirl that out. There's just the tiniest, tiniest imperfection on your Vlad cart. You're going to call Panini. Try to get a new one. You're going to be like, this is one of those ones that was in the box. Under 10X magnification, I can see a small dot right here. Sending it back. (laughs) Moving on, next topic. We'll just keep firing them off here. Just briefly, these last two topics here, really. Uh, Tops Now Futures. Uh, Interesting concept here. You got a, a pack. I think it had three cards or something. And it had a team on it. And if the team won the World Series, you got stuff. And it seemed kind of interesting. I I don't know. I think the, the secondary market on those might be kind of interesting to see what the demand is on certain te- Obviously, if you've been watching the Giants, there would be no demand on that. But I don't know. The Red Sox and the Dodgers and some of these other teams – might be kind of valuable because it looked like what you got in return, but it had some real value. And so I think you got like a whole set of cards with some of this shit. And so it looked good. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I would like to see tops do this on a, a game by game. I think we're all, you know, God, I got to buy a card now and wait all the way to what freaking October or November to figure out. I mean, I might lose the damn thing before then. Or in some cases, you know, I, I could see if you have one of these cards and the teams in the playoffs, you sell out of it. You know what I mean? Like, the your odds are still, you know, I don't know what, eight teams make the playoffs or something like that. So maybe more than that, maybe like ten teams make it. I don't know um, in the major leagues anymore. But, you know, your odds are still not that great uh, to win the World Series. Obviously, they go up and up as time goes on. But, um I don't know, it might be kind of interesting, but what I would like to see is, like, I, I think it would be kind of interesting, pull a pack of cards, and there's, you know, certain players in there, like, like normal, and maybe I pull a Bryce Harper card, and it says, in the month of April, if Bryce Harper hits seven home runs or something, I get something. I think that you know, I know that we had, you crashed the game, and it was like, that was literally like, on a certain day, if the dude did this, this, and this, you got this set. And it was kind of, it was pre-internet, so it was kind of tough. I remember it was like you had to get the newspaper and check to see the stats and stuff like that. So uh, it was a different era, different era of time. And I think now, I mean, certainly you could do it game by game, but I think it's tough with baseball because what if the guy sits out that particular game? Then that that card is is challenged, and then you also have to time that up with the baseball schedule. There's just a lot, you know, what if it's a rain out there's a lot of things that could go wrong on a per game basis, but I've a a, a Bryce Harper card where it's, you know, I, I don't know what a lot or a little home run, you know, what, what a decent number of home runs. And I'm, I'm assuming most baseball teams play about 26 days, 27 days out of a month. And so I, I would imagine if you're hitting, you know, two home runs a week, that I'd be a lot of home runs. I'd imagine. So uh, maybe not. So, but, you know, eight to ten home runs in a month—that that seemed like it'd be a decent amount of home runs. I don't know how many months are in the season. I guess you could figure it out that way. But I think something like that, or if the guy gets four stolen bases in a week, or you know, or or hits four doubles or something, you know, I think you could do a lot of things where it, it might be kind of interesting. And I think the MLB. That, that I think it'd be, it'd make for a great part. I know that MLB is always looking at these as like partnerships and stuff like that. I think tops is trying to make money. MLB is kind of tries to make it look like it's this partnership. Cause I think the owners wanted to make it look like, Oh, we're not making as much money as you guys think we are, but we really are. So, um, but, but boy, what a great, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> give a damn about Bryce Harper, but if I had a card where I got a whole set, if he had seven home runs, I'd be checking every day if he had one. So, um, I think it'd be pretty cool, and I think it's something. <coughs> excuse me. I think it's something that Tops will will likely venture down into. So, um, and again, I, I think I said it at this top of the show, it, it just seems like Tops is coming up with something new, and it's not revolutionary or like amazing kind of shit. But you know, it's like uh 582 club uh, tops now i think you go further back than that you've had yeah i think they have throwback thursdays or tuesdays or whatever it is uh they're doing a lot of more of this direct to consumer stuff they have these tops now futures they're kind of iterating on tops now and things like that and they've they've added to that with relic pieces and th- and autographs and things like that so uh you know i like i, I like that i like you know whereas panini it's like you kind of feel like panini just copies copies whatever Tends to copy what other companies do. But what I will say is when Panini does innovate, look at first off the line. I got people telling me all the time, like, oh, I'm killing it first off first off, off the line. I'll get a box for this much and it instantly sells. You know, it's like buying sneakers or something like that. So when Tops, I mean, Tops doesn't have first off the line. No other company has first off the line. So when Panini and these the, um, news flash, to the pencil necks at Tops and Panini and Upper Deck and Leaf and all you idiots. Innovate. Innovate. And I think Topps is doing that. That's why you, you probably hear me criticizing Tops less these days. Certainly, God knows in the past, when f- that dumb idiot, Mar- Mark Sapir, I think is his name. God, that guy was a moron. I mean, just an absolute freaking clown, idiot. I mean, just. God, I have dirt outside that probably has more brain cells than that guy. And it's probably the dirt the cats have like pooped and pissed in. And this guy was a world class idiot. I got on the show. I remember I was like, stop buying Top stuff. These guys are clowns that are working there. I think Top's has, I think they actually have a CEO now. I think they have like leadership there. So I think that's good. And, um, I think they paid a little bit back to investors too. So I think there's some breathing room there. I think people were were worried about some kind of dividend payment and it finally came. And so, um, so yeah, I think they're setting goals and objectives there and they're they're at least hitting on some of these things, whether or not you like the futures or tops now or or the tablecloth idea they had. I mean, they're not all gonna be home runs or base hits or even walks or butt singles. You know, some of them are gonna be big swings and misses, but they're trying. And it's a little bit different than 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 some of the other companies out there. And so I like that. I think from just a business perspective, I I can acknowledge that and respect that. Are they doing everything perfect? Do they need to make some improvements in a lot of different ways? Absolutely. For sure. But from a creative standpoint, at least from sucking money out of people, something I actually kind of respect, the fact that I've opened up my wallet twice this year to buy cases of product of them is, is definitely showing you something as well. Probably something I should have done over the last couple years because, uh, you've had some really good year. I did a little bit last year, but, um, not to this extent, I finally getting full allocations of some of the, not the best stuff or the good stuff even, but I'm getting full allocations of, of certain products on through tops. And so obviously the ones that don't sell out, I get like full allocations, but, I'm able to open them, and I think I I did okay. And what I want to say is, uh, um, to really make this clear, is I'm not buying and opening these products to, to pay any bills, to build a business, or anything. I'm primarily buying these products because there is a small amount of upside. I think there's a small amount of upside if you buy them. Number two... You have years like Aaron Judge, Otani, things like that. If, shit, if Vlad Jr. is the, who we think he is, and Tatis Jr. and some of these other guys, this year in baseball is going to be pretty good too. Every year in baseball will be pretty good if the prospects are good and tops deliver. So there is some value in having an account where I can get allocated product, okay? Because you can't, I made a fortune on Bowman. That's kind of why you do this. Is you basically pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. And then Bowman comes and you make a bunch of money. Or Topps Chrome hits. Not Topps Chrome necessarily, but Bowman Chrome hits. And Bowman Draft and things like that hit. And you do well. Heritage. But what I found is you could open these cases up. Get lucky, obviously. But I felt like I've gotten lucky twice in a row. So it's not all luck. And get your money back on the case. Pretty easily, and we're talking in between three cases I've put up less than fifteen auctions on eBay. I am literally getting this stuff, putting the very rarest, hottest cards on eBay, and even not in all all cases, putting it all in a box and sending it all to check out my cards and I think I've done you know six hundred dollars in sales over on check on my cards couple that with another five on the series one and i've got my money back i got a big old stack of cards okay i think if you're into base it's not a bad strategy Am I into base not really do i have a plan to unload the base i do but it will take a little bit of work to implement and things like that. It's not guaranteed but i do have a plan to unload the base if i need to the opening day case went pretty well it was it was more i thought it was like 24 packs per box but it was actually, I think it was like 36 packs per bucks. So it was like a lot of packs and a lot of, I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot of packs and a lot of cards. But when it, I think, I think the configuration on opening day was 36 packs per box and a 20 bucks case. So I opened a ton of packs. But what I like about opening day, and I think card companies, especially Topps, does it so well. Tops does these kind of mid end, and you can call opening day low end because I think the cost on it was 20 something dollars a box. So, I mean, it's like less than a dollar a pack, I think. So, from a wholesale cost, that's pretty good, you know. So, there's not going to be a ton of like really high end relics and autographs. I literally pulled like a, my, one of my case sets was like a, a, a mascot autograph. Mascot autograph relic card. But what's interesting is those cards actually are very collectible. And what I found is I was able to make a trade. Somebody on Twitter said, Hey, you pull any of the, the twins, a guy, the twins mascot? And I said, Well, actually, I pulled probably the best card of his in the whole set because it, it was like one in like 15,000 pounds. I mean, it was like ridiculous. Maybe 1,500 packs, maybe not 15,000. But it was really hard to get, really hard card to get. Like beyond a case, it it's actually harder to get in a case. So I was able to trade that. I actually got like two, and uh, like Eric Davis and uh, Lou Brock, I think, autograph. Uh, nice, like top cards on card and everything, Encased case I guess like the top archives or whatever fan favorites or whatever. So I was happy. He was happy. And he made made a deal. Pulled an Aaron Judge. That I sold for $100. a hundred. A, pulled. I got lucky. I pulled an Akuna autograph that i probably sell for about a hundred. So I did all right. I actually sold or traded only three cards and probably got about two, two to two hundred and fifty dollars in value just off three cards, and the whole case costs four hundred. So for me, tops opening day was kind of a sneaky value. Now I sent a set over 750 cards in to check on my cards. Um, not a lot of people are going to be doing that. And so you're going to be thinking, Oh God, opening day's cheap. Well, that the cheap is good. There's going to be a lot of people opening packs of that product and you know, a lot of people that are going to be trying to collect sets and things like that. And, and one of the ways you're going to be able to fill your sets is going to check out my cards. And guess what? I'll have 750 cards. A lot of the inserts were roofs and Jeters and garrigs and Mantles and things like that. So you hit a lot of very larger name players whose cards tend to be worth 30, 40, 50 cents anyways. So overall, I think on the tops Opening Day case, I'm actually more confident I'll actually make money on that case, I think on Series 1, uh, uh, if you count all the fees and all this other crap, I definitely will, will I don't want to say lose money because I still have quite a few cards. I had a couple cards that I kept for myself, including an autograph that's probably worth 100 bucks. So I would say it's about a, I would really call Top Series 1 a break even. If I really, really grinded, I easily could have made money or broken even. Opening day, I think really easily I'm going to make a little bit of money. Uh, and end up with a lot of base, which can can be an attractive thing um, if that's what you want. Um, and obviously I had 750 insert cards that I'm going to sell on Check On My Cards. They sell, sell not all 700 of them, but I, I would assume about half of them will likely sell fairly briskly on Check On My Cards. So I'll likely do okay, likely get my money back, maybe even make a little bit of profit and then have some cards left over. That'll kind of be the icing on the cake, I guess so you will. Um, you know, probably a year later, you know, I probably won't unload all these cards for like at least a year, maybe even two years. So there's some window there and that's what you got to think about, you know, as we segue out of, I think we're going to segue out of kind of the card topics. And if you're just, you know, new to the shell or somewhat new to the shell, what I've been doing for the last, for a while is I try to focus on cards the first segments until we talk about all the topics and then what i and then what i did was i had make america great again because i know some of you guys don't want to make america great again you want to watch cnn and msnbc and believe there was all this collusion and obstruction and all this stuff oh my god and there wasn't so i know some of you guys are really on that you know you want to believe in all that shit and some of you guys have your head screwed on straight and you want to make some money And so that's what kind of this back out for this show is. It's about making a little bit of cash, making a little bit of money. And I think instead of doing the – again, I I think I went over on this the last show. I think this is the year where you see if the Democrats can rally around a set of ideas. I I don't know. For right now, I don't even know if the Democrats – are going to rally around one candidate, I think that's a really good discussion. But I think the better discussion is, are they going to rally around a set of ideas? Because that really, that actually really is what needs to happen for them to have a a really good chance of contending against Donald Trump, who, again, not a perfect president, but a very good campaigner and has a tremendous amount of support from the people that do support him. And there's enough of those people out there that definitely he could win again. And so and especially if the Democrats are, are split on their ideas and split on the people they support. So for me, over the next year, I think you won't have a lot come out of Washington. I think after this no collusion, no obstruction, you'll have, you know, tax. Trump did this in 1987. Trump did this in, in 2004. You will have these kind of things come out, but I don't think they're going to get any kind of legs Um, uh, more than maybe a few hours on the news that people are going to care about. It was really this Trump-Russia shit, and since it it laid an egg and completely whiffed, complete witch hunt, absolute 100% vindication, so people are going to move on. And so I don't think there's going to be a lot legislation-wise. I think there's going to be some jacking there. I think really the the story in politics is going to be do the Democrats rally around a set of ideas? Do they rally around one candidate? Okay? And if they do that, it'd be an extraordinarily enter- I think it'd be and it's gonna be entertaining either way, but I think if they do that, it'll be extremely competitive. So you'll see both sides just Completely fired up, but if the Democrats kind of botch that process, botch kind of rallying around a set of ideas, botch rallying around one single candidate, whew, it could be it be, could become a Trump kind of victory kind of lap and kind of him him almost mocking them, uh, why he's campaigning, which could be very effective uh, for his supporters as well. So. Not gonna focus so much on politics, other than kind of monitoring, and see what happens. I think it'd be kind of interesting, to see what happens. Um, but what I've decided is, 2019 should be your best year ever. And what do I mean by that? Do you have to make a, if you've been making sixty grand? Do you mean, need to make hundred grand? No. If you've been making sixty grand and you hate it, I'd rather you go sign your uh, thirty days' notice tomorrow start selling every single one of your possessions start looking at your budget what you spend money on cut it way down and take the next 3 or 4 months off and chill forget forget about money if you're making money and you hate it stop stop making money and start figuring out what lifestyle you want for me it was like when i was when i started this podcast 11 years ago i was dead broke i owed uh, i owed my landlord money, I was at least a month or two behind. Uh, I mean, I was getting like eviction notices on my business, on my, on my, not just my home, my, my business. Okay, I was getting eviction notices. Okay, I was behind on every bill I had. God knows that. Electricity, everything. I mean, they were shutting off my electricity. So water too. I think I remember water getting shut off too. Okay, I mean, I was broke, dead broke to the point where, you know, if I saw any amount of money on the ground, a penny on the ground, I'm picking it up, okay? Uh, You know, and I always, you know, I felt like, God, if I, you know, I had some money, it'd be great, you know, but I, I, what I always focused on more was lifestyle because I always knew even when the times when I was struggling financially, I always knew God I could go get a job. I could go make some money. You know, that that's I could get some skills and go get a, a higher paying job if that was the problem. What I always focused on was lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do I want to live? Some people like the busy CEO, top floor, phone ringing, answering emails, meetings, corporate outings, shit like that. Some people like that, okay? And if that's you, go for it. You want to go to the top of the ladder? Go for it. I don't care what city you're in, what country you're in, go for it. Shouldn't be anything holding you back, okay? People that work hard, especially in this country, are often very much rewarded, okay? That's a fact. I am not one of those people that like to work hard. I don't want to work. I don't want to wake up. Really, my my test my test was that feeling you get in the summertime. Think about the summertime when you were a kid. There were probably days you forgot what day it was. You didn't know if it was Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Whereas during the school year, you know damn well when it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And Saturdays, and every day of the week, whether you're in school or in work. I remember when I was working. Every single day of the week has a different feeling. And sometimes I miss that, honestly. There's been times where I've had commitments and things like that. Closer to being like work. And I've missed that. Missed Mondays feeling like Mondays, Fridays feeling like Fridays. There is some satisfaction to that, making it through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to get to Friday. There's some satisfaction in that. But trust me, as somebody that has lived the other side, where I, have to, I just bought a, a Rolex watch that has the day and the date on it, that is the only times I know when the day and the date are set. Is it Monday? Let me look. It's Tuesday. I know more or less what day it is because sometimes my wife has to work. But for me, it was always about lifestyle. Didn't want to work. Didn't want, you know, if I wanted to work, I wanted to work. If I didn't want to work, I didn't want to work. That was the kind of lifestyle. So I looked for careers, ways to make money that matched that. Okay. That's my tip number one, 2019 for you. If you're making money, you're making money and you're miserable. Stop worrying about money. Stop trying to make money. Start worrying about yourself, your lifestyle. You could easily give your 30-day notice, cut a bunch of expenses, maybe get a loan. You know, you've know, you probably been working hard for a little while. Get, go get a loan from somebody. Maybe there's a friend in the family. May explain your situation. Say, I just want to clear my head for two months and figure out what I want to do come out on the other side or maybe you're doing something and you're like man i really like to get into video editing or uh, online advertising or whatever it is but you need two or three months off four months to kind of scale that up to bring in some income do that give your 30-day notice Obviously, it's a hell of a lot easier if you don't have kids, you don't have a family, and you're not the one uh, putting out the money, but it can be done. If you have all those responsibilities and things like that, you, might, you definitely want to do some planning. Definitely want to have some cushion there. You probably absolutely want to liquidate some assets. And have as few expenses as possible. I know that's what I did when I, when I went dead, dead broke tried to just eliminate every expense I had. So there was as little money going out as possible. So the little money that trickled in could actually, you know, could be accounted for and eventually spent. But I'll be honest with you, when I was broke, I thought a little bit, I I definitely, I, I didn't think about 11 years ago I didn't think oh you know 11 years in the future I'm going to have this this and this I'm going to have a house a Mercedes and and jewelry and money and shit didn't think about that what I wanted was mondays off tuesdays off wednesdays off a month off two months off a year off if I wanted it that to me was was it was the most appealing part of the, mon- the, 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 the money was just a, a reward for executing on that kind of lifestyle. Have I worked? Absolutely over the last couple of years. Have I worked on websites so long that my eyes are twitching? Have I fell asleep at the keyboard? Absolutely. Have I done that over the last couple of years? Absolutely not. But there's been times in the past where I've worked very hard. If I need to work hard again in the future, absolutely, I'm ready to. And my skills are probably even better at this point. So if you, again, if you don't have, if you're like me 10, 11 years ago and you don't have money, I'd worry a little bit less about the money, okay? I'd worry more about the lifestyle. Focus on the, let the lifestyle be what drives you. Because I think whenever you're getting into your own business and where you're kind of calling the shots, the amount of money you make varies, varies month to month, I can vary week to week, but it definitely varies month to month, year to year. There are some months where I, I absolutely lose money. I definitely have more money going out than coming in. But usually the very next month, that doesn't happen. So, um... If I focused on the money, there'd be some months where I'd be like, oh my God, I'm a failure. I'm losing, you know, I lost $4,000 this month. You can't look at it that way from an investment perspective. So I'd focus less on the money, how much money you're going to make, how much money you need to make. Focus less on that. Focus on what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Do you want to be sitting back and chilling, doing nothing? Do you want to actually be working? There's some people that like sitting back and chilling kind of my lifestyle, forgetting what day it is, not really appealing to them. They'd rather be out there working, you know, in the field, not in the fields, but like, you know, like out and doing shit, you know, if that's you figure out what lifestyle puts you in that position. The money will be a consequence or a result of executing on that, having a plan Having a process to execute on that plan will get you results. If you have a plan with no process, that's what we call a wish or a hope. If you're like, oh, I'm going to, I've had so many friends over the years be like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to, be a millionaire. I'll, when I get a million dollars, I'm going to get this. Or, or when, when my money comes in, I'm going to be able to manage it like this. And it's like, those are all hopes and dreams. And hopes and dreams are great, but I live in reality. And the reality is, if you want to have a certain lifestyle, if you want to make a certain amount of money, if you want to just provide for your family, you need to have a process behind all the goals, you know, how are you going to get there? What are all the steps you need to do to get there? And what time frame do you think you can accomplish all that over? And how are you going to hold yourself accountable? So last year, I set a goal. I wanted my wife, when she went back to work after the uh, birth of our, our son, our second son here, I said I wanted my wife to work part-time, at least until the, both kids were in like grade school, basically, where they're you know, from eight to three or so, they're in school unless they pee their pants or do something like that. So that's the goal I set. For me, it was less about money, and it was just kind of having enough cushion and kind of having enough, um, you know, other ways to have income if we need it. Uh, there you know, in the waiting, obviously, my wife still needs to get health care and an employer match. Those are two really important benefits you get from working for you know, those are two things I really miss about not being able to work for a, a company or something like that. I don't get benefits and I don't get an employer match on any kind of 401k contribution or anything like that. So, uh, that would be really nice. And certainly something that I would take advantage of, and you should be taking advantage of, if you're in that position. Certainly the, a huge advantage to working uh, for somebody else. So I'm, you know, I'm definitely on here often promoting about working for yourself. But honestly, I uh, raise my right hand, swear to God, I'd go work for like Google or Facebook or Apple or one of the, you know, Netflix or or something like that. You know, one of these companies. Uh, for, for a year, like, even if I had to sit in Bay Area traffic and stuff, I could do that probably for, I'd rather my kids be in school and stuff so I didn't have to miss a lot of a lot of their stuff. But I could do that for a year, I think. I, I'd probably learn and meet so many tremendous people that it'd be a really valuable year from that perspective. So I could do it if I wanted to. But really what I wanted is to have my wife go part-time, at least when the kids are young, they're at home a lot. And so that's exactly what happened. My wife's actually going back to work. And it, what's unfortunate is she's train. she has to train for a new position. So she's actually going to be full to almost full time here for, I think it's, I don't know what she said, a month, but it, it, I, we're, we're thinking that it, it's probably only gonna be a few weeks or we're hoping it's only going to be a few weeks. Cause God knows, just know that there's probably not going to be a whole podcast for another month because like I said, I will be taking care of my kids, um, almost 20, you know, Not 24 hours a day because my wife, even the training is not full-time. So, But my point is, here's my point. I set a goal, and at at this point, now it's my family setting goals. I identified the things that I felt I needed to do to get our businesses, essentially now as a family, uh, to the point to where uh, that could happen, and, and it happened. So... But if I just said if if my wife and I just sat around and said oh wouldn't it be nice to go part time when the kids are young uh and, and didn't have a plan didn't say oh okay this is how much money we'd need this is where we could save we could cut this this and this out of our our lifestyle and we you know it'd be it, you know we wouldn't be you know it's not like I'm gonna be you know, downgrading to a C-class or something like that, heaven forbid, or, you know, have to go to a stainless steel band on my Rolex. God, God forbid I do something like that. So there was a plan in place and we executed on it and it happened. So um, just hope that helps you guys. Again, best year ever doesn't necessarily mean that everything in your life is the best it ever was. Again, if you're working too much, stop working have the best year where you don't work. Have the be- if you're making so much money but you're not happy, stop making money. Money's not making you happy. Work's not making you happy. Stop. Go find something that that will make you happy. It doesn't have to be I mean, God, I'd love to see you just co- what I would do is when I was done with a job, I wouldn't even give 30 days notice. I don't know if I want to have my kids come back and listen to this, but I hope, God knows, I, I, I might have to put this behind a paywall when they get old enough to listen to this crap. But uh, I would just stop going to work. When I was done with a job, I'd stop going to work, okay? If the place doesn't open, it's not my fault, okay? I'm not the fucking CEO. So if that's where you are in life, get, you know get past that. And, and move on, move on, you know, we have a very, 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 very short window, we're here uh, on earth, it can end at any time, so you really should, and you and most of you guys are listening to this from the United States, one of the best, you know, probably the best country in the world, I happen to live in California, and despite the politics, and the taxes, and the traffic, and the pollution, and all the crap you have to put up with here, in California, it's One of the best places to live in the whole world. I feel very unfortunate. And so I try to take advantage of it. Okay. I don't want to spend all my days locked up in an office or locked up doing stuff. I don't want to do. If you want to be locked up in an office working, make it about something you're passionate about and make it something you like. Money is a byproduct. We can always get more money. Money comes and goes. Trust me. Like I said, If I I judged my business performance on monthly or monthly salary or even yearly salary, it would swing considerably, especially month to month. Year to year tends to even out a little bit. You know, there's bumps and you have good years and stuff. But it's about, you know, it's pretty steady. Last thing, got some shout outs about my tips on investing and I give you tips on investing some of you guys might think I'm just some kind of podcaster and that's really what I am truly just some kind of podcaster on here talking to myself I don't even have interview guests on the show because I like talking to myself so freaking much but I do if you search my name in Google one of the top results will be a lot of articles about publicly traded stocks and likely, you won't even be able to read the articles behind some kind of paywall. Okay, that's what they think about my writing. Whether or not I'm always accurate. I've made some bad calls, for sure, over the years, but I've made some extraordinarily good ones. So, people trust me in that sense. I posted a tweet the other day. 23 point, this is since two thousand and nine twenty three point six annualized return year after year after year after year after year that's for 10 years or actually nine years we're in 2019 so it's the 10th year of that portfolio the s&p 500 has a 15 i think it about a 15 percent annualized return so well not quite double but you know a good what 30 40 percent greater Overnight, We're not talking about one year, two years, three years. We're talking about a very, very long period of time. Nearly 10 years. Could I give it back over the next 10 years? Certainly I could. Certainly could make some bad decisions. The companies I could buy could go down. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's many people in the world that are better at picking stocks and identifying a portfolio strategy that is both simple to understand and execute than I do. Do I want your money? Do I want you tweeting at me asking what stocks to buy? No, I don't. I think I'm good at that when it's my money, when it's my decisions, when it's my portfolio. I know the composition of my portfolio. I know the risk level I want to take. I know the time horizon. I know everything about it. Okay, There's no way unless I sit down and talk to you for an hour or two that I know that about your situation. And I don't pick stocks that go up in two weeks, three weeks from now. No, I, you know, I'm not trying to pick tops and bottoms. I'm trying to add when things are at, not really at a bottom, but when, when things are definitely not at, at, at record highs. But at the same time, I don't try to sit in there and nibble and bite. And trade and act like I'm fucking some wizard. But let me tell you the most important thing. If I never had the discipline to save money, I wouldn't have 23.6% annualized return over 10 years. And I have every freaking friend I have from Stockton, California. They're all freaking broke, okay? They all have a nice car, but they're all broke, okay? They're all renting They don't have an ounce of savings. Every time they go to Vegas or go on vacation or wherever, we talk about shit. They have no money, nothing. And the thing they all have in common is that I always talk to them about this shit. And they always tell me the same thing. Oh, when I get, when I get some money together, I'm going to do it. And I always tell them, no, you're not. If you do not have the discipline to put one freaking dollar a week $1 $1 a month, forget a week. If you don't have the discipline to go to your Wells Fargo account, your Schwab account, your E Trade account, your Robinhood account, your whatever account, and do one, just set an automatic deposit $1 a month. If you can't do that, if that's something you haven't done, you're listening to me right now, and you haven't done that. Trust me, when you have thousands of dollars a month that you could save, you won't do it, and you'll be broke. This is why NBA players who make millions, tens of millions, maybe even a $100 million, they're broke. This is why football players broke. Baseball players broke. Lottery winners broke. It would be me, like, not practicing golf for three years and then saying, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go qualify for the Masters this year. Or me showing up on the NBA draft in a suit being like, oh, I'm going to get fucking drafted right after Zion. It's going to be me. Okay. That's not going to happen. And if you can't save a freaking dollar. I'd love for you to do a dollar a week. Okay, If you're broke. You have no money. A dollar a week. Remember my first deposit. First deposit in the stock market. Like r- literally right around this time. Ten years ago. I had money and I had stocks already at this time. I was buying them in. Late to, after the crash in 2008, I was buying, started buying. I think my very first year on the portfolio, I was up like 80%. I mean, literally, bang. My first deposit, I think, was $20. And I was broke. I owed people money. I didn't have any money. I barely even had $20. I don't know where I got it. But if I didn't start there, what would have never started. And don't think if your ship comes in or you get some good job or whatever, you're all of a sudden going to turn into Warren Buffett. You're not. You're not. So get the discipline now. Put the process in place now. Saying, oh, when I get some money together, I'm going to save and I'm going to buy some stocks. No, you're not. That is a hope and a dream. It is really, really awesome thing to say. I'm really glad you said it, but it doesn't mean shit. A better thing to say is I'm not making money, right? I don't have very much money right now. In fact, I, I'm, I'm struggling financially, but I recognize that part of that is, is decisions I've made in the past. So what I'm going to do is I can't afford very much. I can only afford a dollar a month. I'm going to transfer a dollar a month out of my bank account or maybe I'll pick up a dollar on the street and I'll go to Golden One Credit Union and and put it in there. But I'm going to do a dollar a month into a Schwab account or a, a, a Robinhood account or one of these online accounts that let you trade for free and shit. No account minimums and all that. There's dozens of these places now. Ten years ago, there wasn't. Now there's tons of them. So you really have no excuses. So if you're listening to this show and you're my, I have a really funny tw- uh, guy that I follow on tw- uh, Twitter, you know. God, I it should. Maybe I should. It's really good that we're saying this late on the show. My wife's asleep, but boy, he really follows a lot of very attractive women. So I am always excited to see his retweets and likes because they're often around some very attractive women but i think this guy takes uh uh interest in the stock market because he tweets me interesting facts every once in a while one thing he tweeted me was i think the percentage went up i think it was like 60 percent of americans have less than a thousand dollars saved up and i look i mean i looked in my I, my son's birthday had just happened and and we we're blessed we have uh you know our families are doing pretty well and uh, you know, they give the kid money, they give him gifts and money. And so my kid, my son already has a thousand dollars. And he's two years old and he has a thousand dollars, and sixty percent of America doesn't. If you're out there listening right now, and my two year old son has more money and it's invested. Okay, I'm not talking about putting $1,000 in a bank account. You might as well wipe your ass with it and put it under your pillow or something like that. Or or at the very least, go buy like some silver or gold coins or bars or something with the money. Putting it in a bank account, you again, you might as well just go buy toys and wipe your ass with it. It's not going to grow. Okay, my son has $1,000 fully invested in the stock market. And he was lucky because... I didn't do a lot with the money, and then the stock market started going down uh, pretty rapidly. So he ended up getting a good deal on some stuff. But um, so he's actually up principle-wise. I think he's up maybe almost eight. I think I'm almost up eight or nine percent in a year for him. So but um, so get to You can do it. And again, I think I made this point on the last show. If you're a parent, what better lesson you can teach your son or daughter than to do a dollar a week, a dollar a month. Again, do whatever you're going to, I started a dollar just saying, do that. I'd rather you do a dollar than nothing, okay? Imagine the lesson you can teach your young child, whether they're, they might be eight, nine, ten years old right now, that's fine. Start an account, do a dollar a month. And then when they're 18, 19 years old, they might have, maybe they only have a couple hundred dollars. But imagine when I was, again, when I started the show 10 years ago, we're talking about 10 years ago, I was 26 years old. 11, we actually started the show 11 years ago. I was 26 years old. If I had an account that my parents set up when I was two years old, a couple hundred dollars with it, that would have 300 x my net worth. So, you know most 18 19 year olds 20 year old kids and i can imagine this is going to be the same way in the future are not going to come right out of college or, and certainly high school and be making the big bucks so any kind of money you have shown discipline and that's really what it's all about i think is is teaching the next generation this you don't and again you don't if you don't like the stock market you don't god knows you you don't have to invest in that I know I talk about that a lot on this show. One thing I don't talk about on the show is I, every dollar I have in the stock market, I have at least a dollar. It's probably closer to two in something else, in what I, would, uh, what I would call something else, a physical asset. Sometimes it's on my wrist, sometimes it's on my wife's finger. More often than not, it's in a safety deposit box. But I consider the, I mean, God, I've, uh, you know, I can talk about my wife's engagement ring. It's its probably tripled in value since I, my wife just celebrated. Well, we actually just celebrated our fifth uh, wedding anniversary a couple days ago. And... Like I said, I think the engagement ring I bought her has at least tripled in value. I actually have to go get it reappraised. Okay. I didn't buy it at Zales. I didn't buy it at, I didn't go to, God knows I didn't go to Jared. Okay. As good a stock picker I am, I probably know the rare jewelry market pretty well, too. I don't know it may be as well as stocks, but it's, it's not nearly as complicated to figure out. If you want to buy nice jewelry and have it appreciate, it's not, very, it's not particularly difficult if you know what you're doing. So if you don't like stocks, you don't like uh, paper I call that paper assets, God knows real estate and all this other shit. I, I, personally, I just can't get into real estate out here in California. It's difficult. It's very expensive. Okay, you also have property taxes out here. Those two things make it one of those investments that in my opinion you really have to go full full bore into it and really dump make it one of your leading investments, or you really have to make it kind of a passive investment, whether it's owning a home that you're gonna pass down um, or, or something like that. Maybe have a maybe a single condo or apartment or something that you rent. But... Um, outside of that, I really can't, I, I can't, I can't participate in that with p- the way property taxes work out here. Uh, it, it's just, it, it is not a great investment for me. So I get involved in some other things. You may be in a better situation. So that's what I wanted to go over today. Make 2019 your best year of all time, period. And by best, I mean a lot I mean that in a lot of ways. Make it your happiest. Make it your you look back on as a turning point in a lot of ways for you. Maybe some of the things you have to work on to make 2019 great, it's really a year where you work on it. You you develop the process and the plan. If you do anything in 2019, stop hoping and wishing and dreaming. Stop hoping and wishing and dreaming Trump colluded and obstructed. A lot of you guys spent the last two years hoping and wishing that was true. Whereas if you actually looked at the facts and looked at reality, you would have realized, number one, that really doesn't mean anything to you or your family unless you have a job with Hillary Clinton who who you know Trump may have stole that position away from her or Putin did Stop paying attention to that shit Doesn't do you any good it doesn't make your year any better Make it your best year ever Ignore the noise Ignore the hopes and dreams. We all have hopes and dreams. Let's focus on fucking reality in 2019. The reality of the news cycle is you probably should turn it off and just come at to it a week later. The Jesse Smollett case would have become a lot clearer if you just didn't hear anything about it and read all about it, you know, two months after it happened. Same with Trump and Russian collusion. If you didn't follow any of the stories, didn't buy into any of it, and just looked at what happened over the last week, would have cleared a lot of shit up. And so clear that up in your life. Start focusing on reality. And the reality is you need a process and a plan. You need a process and a plan to maybe make more money. For some of you, like I said, maybe you need a process and a plan to actually work less and maybe make less money. For some of you, that might actually be a good thing. For some of you that are young and you're students, you need to start setting goals and you need to start holding yourself accountable. If you're in the middle of a semester, or the actually probably better... Way to say it is if you're at the beginning of a semester, you need to be setting goals. Grades, objectives. And on top of the, those goals, the process. I remember what it's like being in college. None of us want to study and do shit after about five o'clock. No, nobody wants to even go to class on a Friday. So I know you got to clear some time to, you know, smoke a little of that herbal substance, drink a little of the drink. But you should have a process Monday through or maybe even Tuesday through Thursday where you get some shit done. Have a plan and a process. That'll really help your 2019. Focus on reality. Focus less on hopes and dreams. When you're sitting there in the bathtub and you're jerking off or something like that, yeah, you can have a little hopes and dreams. You know, oh God, I wish Megan Fox was here in her prime. Okay, that's fine. Hopes and dreams are fine for those situations. That's not okay when we're talking about paying bills, saving up for a future. Okay, you need reality. You need a plan, a focus, a process. So that's what I would focus on. And believe it or not, these things sound easy, but trust me, like I was saying, I, I follow public companies and, and some of the most entertaining ones to cover are these like really fledgling ones where the stock's at fifty or $2. And you, you follow the process and the goals and the stuff the CEOs are saying and it's like, God, this guy should be fired. He's a fucking idiot. So just trust me, there are people in high positions that are, quote, unquote, supposed to be successful, and they're doing a terrible job at this stuff. So it's something you have to, I and, and myself included, always revisiting, always thinking about. So it's something you should be doing in 2019. Hopefully, you guys have had a great time on the show. We talked about buy, sell, hold, sold told you some wacky shit. Jameis Winston, Josh Rosen. I mean, I'm going out on a limb with some of these guys, so we'll see. Saying sell... Pat Mahomes by Josh Rose and Jameis Winston. That's some weird, that's some weird shit. So we'll see if that works out. Zion, I think if you're a breaker, you it, it would be very, 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 very wise to start coming up, just like what I just talked about, coming up with a plan and a process based on different scenarios. If Zion goes to Panini, I think. Pretty easy, what you're gonna do there? If Zion signs with Upper Deck, you might have to start coming up with a plan. Uh, If the 2019 NFL Draft happens and Murray's kind of at the top of the board, and there's not a lot else, and and certain players, you know, the best position players are going to Jacksonville or Cincinnati or or some of these teams, nobody gives a damn about. It's gonna be a tough year there, so definitely something right now you definitely want to be thinking about because if you go, if you're a, if you're, uh, you know, again, if you're one of these big mojo break and Layton and some of these other guys that are doing all right, they're going to be fine. But if you're a little guy and all of a sudden you go from Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley to nobody, guess what? It's going to be a tough year. Or if you go from, you know, Zion being in every Panini product and it being a slam dunk every single one to Zion's not in it. Uh, R.J. Barrett goes to, uh, you know, I don't know what team would be a, a cooler or something, you know, if he goes to like Phoenix or something, God knows his stats would be any good because they have like 10 number one picks there. So there's just a lot of things that could happen that could be, that could be pretty bad. For both sports coming up, and we know that these these are rookie-heavy, you know, baseball's a completely different animal. And so if you're into basketball and football and you don't do baseball, I don't know. A sensible plan might be, oh, maybe I should do, start doing a little bit of baseball just in case basketball's a whiff next year because Williamson's with upper deck and the NFL draft is kind of soft and product's not hard to get or it's not – you know, it's just not not flying out the door. We talked about my boy Vlad Jr. checking autos in a box, and I know it looked bad. I can't draw a lot of conclusions there, other than if you're Panini, God, put put the pencil neck on Southwest, put them up in a Best Western. Yeah, you, know, you could maybe upgrade them to the you know the the what the mini fridge with nothing in it, maybe like a bottle of water or something. And maybe they have a continental breakfast. Yeah, throw that in there. An Uber credit. Don't rent them a car. Just give them an Uber. It's just gonna see if Zion, you know, see if Vlad throws these in a box or not. And just control the, the output of that. Control what gets put out by Vlad on his Instagram. And you know, it's like, hey, let's not put that video of you chucking in the box. Let's just put this one of you signed in prism. Okay. For a couple hundred bucks, you could have had that, Tops. Excuse me, Panini, but they didn't. Sure. Tops would have probably done the same thing. Just send them the cards and hope he sent them back. Uh, at least it looked like Vlad Jr. was signing them. Some of these guys might have their girlfriends and agents signing them, so I guess that's we got that we got that out of it. Talked a little bit about opening day, uh, the case that I opened. Talked a little bit about Tops Now Futures and, and some other sets. And some other innovative, what I feel, not really innovative. We're never landing on the moon or anything over at Tops, but I do appreciate their effort, I guess, is, is what I appreciate. And I'd like to see the other companies, instead of copying each other or whatever, really, if you're going to copy, copy EPAC. What the hell are you guys doing? Call up, check out my cards, realize that, oh, this is a company that is actually probably worth a lot more than yours, and uh, maybe I should call them and partner with them since they do a lot of things that I don't do well. Thinking about redemption fulfillment, sending cards to people, customer service. Not that maybe checking my cards is the you know a better business bureau A plus, but they probably are a lot of God knows. Uh, Tops and Panini are probably some of the worst. Keep coming up with new ideas. That's what I tell these card companies. Keep coming up with new ways to repackage and sell this stuff and, 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 and you know, create a link to the game. That's why I kind of like that future stuff. You know, like I said, I'm a Giants fan, but God, if I pulled whoever and it was like a decent set that I could get out of it or a card, yeah, I'd, I'd be like rooting for that guy. I'd be like, God, hopefully he gets a stolen base or hits a home run or whatever. So, uh, whereas if I pull these futures cards... The, the one reason why I don't like it necessarily tagged to the World Series, it's like, yeah, if I pull the Red Sox or the Dodgers or whatever and they win the World Series, it's like, cool. But it's like, shit, my team didn't win the World Series, so I don't really care that much. We're, but if, if Bryce Harper hits nine home runs in May and I get a set, I'm happy. I'm really happy. Even if some of those home runs are against my team. And he didn't sign with us. Anyways. Finally, make 2019 your best year ever. Focus on reality. Come up with a plan and a process. And and start saying, I wasn't joking last show. Don't wait until you have a job or you have income or you're not broke. If you can't save a dollar a month, a quarter, 50 cents, save all the money you find on the ground. I used to find a lot of money on the ground. I used to walk a lot. I would find money on the ground. Not a lot of money, but I wish I would find a lot more. But I'd find money on the ground. Probably should have put that in a Schwab account, but I did it. But I ended up learning that discipline later on. When I was broke, I realized, I, when you're broke, the reason why you're broke is because you do things that broke people do. So if you want to stop being broke, start doing things that wealthy people do what do wealthy people do with their money they fucking save it they put it in a bank account they put it in they put in some stocks or some real estate or they buy some gold coins or whatever okay that's what they do with their money they invest it they make it work for them if you're broke start doing that if you think oh all of a sudden i'm gonna get rich but not do rich people thing, you're absolutely delusional. You probably believe that there was collusion and obstruction even to this day. And guys, there was no collusion, no obstruction. I think we'll end it on that note. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for tuning in. I know this was a long show. We'll have another one some other time, some other place, hopefully when my wife is off five days a week. But until then... Till training is over i'll be taking care of some kids and i'll be back some other time some other place till then we are out of here